Hello, everybody, and welcome to Turn to Page Season 2, Book 6. Grail Quest, The Realm of Chaos. That is the cleanest intro so far. I'm so glad we found it almost when we're nearly done. Uh, oh, no, 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 you've got two more intros that you get to live with mess such up. mastery. I mean, yes. I mean, live with mastery, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forget. I'm not going to go back and figure out what I did for this one. I, uh, it's like jazz, you know, it, doing a, a mm. s strict, clean intro that is easy to understand is a lot like jazz. <laughs> Mess <laughs> <laughs> it's about the, uh, you know, the clear title that you don't give, right? That's what we, yeah. Mm -hmm. In, in which case this is much more, uh, much more straightforward. This is classical. This, yeah, exactly. Yep. But uh, Realm of Chaos, I would say, like, the last book was The Kingdom of Horror, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I will tell you, uh, that city at the end didn't really feel like Kingdom of Horror to me, so I don't imagine, I don't even know if we're going to feel like there's much Realm of Chaos going on here anyways. It's like... Yeah, I mean, we also saved the realm from Chaos at the end of the last book, so it yeah. feels like... <laughs> it feels like uh, I have blanked entirely. It feels like it's lying. There we go. It seems like yeah. they, they hit us with a generic, clean fantasy title, and then they say, There's a black warts, a black warts. Oh, I love the color green. Don't you dare get the color red around me. And it's like, okay, mm -hmm. this isn't really very uh, Kingdom of Horror, but I'm into it. But why couldn't it yeah. have been called the Kingdom of Blog? You know? By that dint, I imagine that the Realm of Chaos will be a bunch of people sitting calmly around a table playing a board game. <laughs> I would love to do that. Oh, wait, I just like board games. That's right. Um, But yeah, if Realm of Chaos, I'm happy to get in. Figure this son of a gun Let's out. Do it. So take me to the emergency page. What? Emergency! Oh, hurry, there's not a moment to waste. Uh, grab your pencil and your eraser and some paper and some dice and let me cast my net spell on your head! Huh. Uh, what do you mean, who's this? This is Merlin! Uh, the wizard Merlin. Oh, there's no time for social chitter-chatter. There's an emergency on! Someone has put a curse on Camelot! If you know the basic rules of Grail Quest Adventuring, like rolling light points, etc., turn directly to page two. Uh, I do want to say, if we learned, if we got Excalibur, we saved the kingdom with Excalibur, mm -hmm. we learned the stat points of Excalibur, and we don't mm -hmm. get to swing Excalibur in this book, I'm gonna be mad. So, no, let's... see, the thing is, we learned the stat points of Excalibur because we're going to fight King Arthur and inherit Avalon. Oh... Uh... I... And then we get to use the sword in the next book. In the comments. Oh my god, I can't believe Rap spoiled it. No, it's just that's just what happened. <laughs> that's I'm sure that's just what happens. <laughs> Alright. Page two. Avert your eyes! I've no clothes on. You avert your eyes, but not so quickly that you fail to see the tall, skinny, white bearded figure stark <laughs> naked, except for boots, long johns, a long sleeve woolly vest and a pointed hat with stars embroidered all over it. I would not call that naked. 
for us worse. You're naked under those three layers of clothes. <laughs> Get decent, man. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a cartoon character that can't be seen without their hat because it's their identity. It's like one of those. Like you can't. Mm-hmm. It also d- directly it does evoke that same like your know, American cartoon of the 1960s through 80s where people were wearing long johns and yet covering yes. up. Like, oh no, you can't see my long johns. That's my <laughs> genitalia. <laughs> that's that's actually an organ of mine. This long johns. <laughs> I grew this. <laughs> I grew this. It's a new layer of skin. Oh God, skin long johns. Uh, okay. Uh, having averted your eyes, you find yourself staring at a rough wooden floor, which seems to be slightly concave. You glance around furtively, taking care not to embarrass the wizard Merlin by looking at his long johns directly. You are in the oddest room? Question mark chamber? Question mark house? Question mark that you've ever seen? It's quite vast. Oh my god, there's a picture of Merlin. Stark naked except for boots, long john's vest, and hat. <laughs> okay. Okay. The book knows. The book knows. Uh, house that you've ever seen. It's quite vast, but entirely made of wood with curving walls, ceiling, and floor. As if you were in a gigantic... Barrel! Says Merlin. It's my new home. I got the idea from an old Greek who used to live in one. But mine's bigger. It has to hold all of my things. I had it specially made by the court cooper, uh, when there was a court cooper. He hesitates sadly and adds, And when there was a court, come to that. Uh, Lucky I did! Something in the shape protected me from the curse. You don't know anything about the curse yet, do you? No, sir, you say politely, your head reeling a little. Now that you can tear your eyes away from the insides of this gigantic barrel, you realize you're wearing a new and different body. A sturdy, handsome carcass dressed in peaches, leggings, and a tunic, so we're nearly naked, with a neat broadsword (laughs) belt around your waist. Um, Pip's body, says Merlin, who can obviously read minds. If you haven't occupied it before, you'll soon get used to it, but I'd better tell you about the curse, or rather show you. In which case, I'd better get you kitted out. Kitted out? You ask, wondering why he's wandering around in his underwear, a.k.a. nude bod. Because the curse rotted my robes! Merlin snaps. I thought you said the barrel protected you from it. You protest. Only when I'm inside. The robe was hanging on the line to dry. Fortunately, I still have my hat, or you wouldn't have... Or I, rather, wouldn't have been able to cast the net spell to bring you here. But we won't worry about that. There's no time to lose. Have a look at this inventory. With which he hands you a scroll on which has been scrolled the following items. Uh... Axe, ant farm, boots, cobweb spray, fishing rod, glitter powder, hammer, handkerchief, knife, mallet, 50 coil... Sorry, 50 inch coil of rope. Uh... 50 inch? 50 foot. That's the thing for foot. Foot and inches are not intuitive to me. Ration, a week's supply, a razor, a one pound pack of salt, saw, slide trombone, a spikes, uh, a stake, wooden, suitable for vampires, a talking head made of brass, a toothbrush, and a 200 foot ball of twine. Uh, Now, the thing is, says Merlin, you'll only be able to take six. Anything over that rots. But you haven't told me what's going on. In protest. How am I supposed to know what to take when I don't know what to expect? Oh, it doesn't matter, says Merlin. The situation is actually frankly so desperate that anything could come in handy. 
Oh, there again. Uh, anything might be useless. You can take whatever you fancy. Up to six items. And having made your decision on the basis of ESP, you can troll off to 10 for the next big nonsense. Oh, that's great. I'm all aboard. Let's just get our six items then. Uh, I Hold on, reps. Let me uh, roll, let's see, six twos in a row while never rolling mm -hmm. a one or a six. Uh, oh, that's a one. That's, uh, oh, that's okay. There's a two. We got well, one item. That was, that's it a was two. a good one. two items. Six. Oh, we lost all of our items. <laughs> one, we lost all of our items. All right. God. All right. Yeah, we just get our items. That's so nice. All right. What do you... You want to just pick back and forth? Schoolyard draft? Hell yeah. Do you want to take first? Sure. Ant farm. <laughs> we want to farm Love ants. A hundred percent. We recognize the power of an ant farm when we see it. Yep. Uh, as the only musical instrument I can see on here, the slide trombone. True, true, true. Uh... Is there a light source on here? Hold on. No. Interesting. Because we've definitely learned having one of those is uh, very good. I'm going to say mm. glitter powder. I like it. I like it. Glitter powder. Uh, let me follow that with a very pragmatic choice. And I'm going to go with uh, the uh, spikes. Oh, I was going to say I'm going to go with the rope. All right. Then, in conclusion, uh, I'm I'm it's kind of still tossing up between uh, steak and yeah. Uh, knife. Yeah, I could see those. You know is, what? There, is there any healing? I'm roll in a there? die. Uh, there is not. Well, rations might be on certain instances where the game prompts you to take rations in order sure. to heal, but it's, we haven't seen that often at all. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'll roll one, two, three. Will be knife. Sorry. No, uh, you go ahead. Oh, just in case there's an extra inclusion that I should be rolling for here. No, no, no. I was going to say, if I would have picked one more, I would have picked steak. Uh, you know what? That's actually good enough to be a tiebreaker as far as I'm concerned. We'll take steak. I rolled a five and then a six anyway, so. Perfect. Uh, steak. Wooden. Uh, suitable for vampires. That's all part of its description. Yes. Steak, wooden, suitable for vampires. I was going to say grandpires. That's a grandpa umpire. I mean, they would be weak to a stake, as in their teeth would get stuck in it. <laughs> They'd also be weak to a wooden stake through the heart. So <laughs> That's true. So many things are. We only talk about vampires being weak yeah. to that. I'm, I'm pretty sure if I shot a human with a silver bullet, they're going down werewolf or not. Yeah, I think so. I mean... <laughs> Just wait, just imagine that walking through a town with a revolver, just a six shooter with nothing but silver in and just popping the first six people you see and going, wow, damn, I guess they were all werewolves. <laughs> oh my God. I'm just, I'm like, I'm six for six on that. <laughs> Pretty sure no it would have bounced off otherwise. Yeah. No more imposters among us. We got all the werewolves out. Uh, anyway, page 10. Now, pass me a bucket from the bed. Blanket. Sorry. Merlin instructs you. You pass him the bucket, I mean blanket, without comment, and he wraps it around his bony frame in the manner of a badly tailored Roman toga. Ah, yes. Uh, now, he says, follow me. You follow him out of the door and in the side, wait, the door in the side of the barrel. At once you realize something is dreadfully wrong. The barrel you now see is set at the bottom of Cadbury Hill on the edge of the sweeping grain fields which march across the landscape to Glastonbury Village. 
But though the sun is shining and harvest time must be near, the sweeping grain fields are bare, parched earth cracking and great slabs of crazy paving with not a plant in sight. And beyond them, Glastonbury lies enshrouded in a dense gray fog, squatting like a sullen toad over the entire village, but extending not a single inch beyond. And if that was not bad enough, as your eyes move upwards over Cadbury Hill to the proud Castle Camelot, which crowns the peak, you see King Arthur's brave keep has been transformed into a looming fungoid mass, barely recognizable as the seat of the glittering court. You swing round to Merlin with a mounting alarm. What's happening here? You gasp. He shakes his head. It's the curse, I tell you. The curse on Camelot. Yes, yes. You say impatiently. But who laid the curse? And what has it done? And why didn't somebody stop it? And what can be done about it? And who? He holds up a skinny hand. Oh, patience. Everybody's been asking me the same thing. And I don't have all the answers. But if you zip across to page 22, I'll tell you everything I know. So what are you waiting for? So many in-canon, uh, go-to-page-blanks. The curse. Yeah. I'm, I'm liking how they, they casually weave those in. It's like, ah, I see you here in this town, adventurer. Welcome to our fair town. Would you like to press the A button to jump for me? Would you please press mm -hmm. the B button to pick up those mushrooms over there? I need them for my stew. Now open up your crafting menu and insert the mushrooms into my pot. Uh, press now, plus button. Now, for what it's worth, it's... It's slightly outside of that, only because the only characters who've spoken is to uh, spoken to True. us like that are True. magical or under the influence of Merlin. So it feels more like a, a wink and a nod of like, I know yeah. this is a game. You know this is a game. We'll level on that for a second before you go off to your It's adventure. true. It's true. Merlin does very much know about the meta context of being in this book. It's true. Mm-hmm. The curse! It came about in this fashion. For many months since the return of Excalibur, peace and plenty returned to the realm of Avalon. Why couldn't we read that book? It was one of those golden times where trade booms, corn grows high, brigands, robbers, bandits, and burglars all fade into semi-retirement, and it rains only at night after midnight. Even dragons were few and far between. The result of a dry August the year before, according to the old residenters, of whom one coined an expression, We've never had it so good! which became something of a catchphrase. <laughs> Brave knights of the table round, with few dragons to slay and almost no wrongs to right, spent much of their time jousting to the intense enjoyment of the peasantry who had free tickets to these events and thoroughly enjoyed the spectacle of aristocrats falling off of horses and breaking the odd armor rib. King Arthur, relieved of the onerous burden of state problems, had more free time and too and spent it fishing. Only the wizard Merlin and the court cooper, a squat little man named Harold, were at all busy. And that only was because the Welsh wizard's fearsome eccentricity had occasioned him to commission the creation of a gigantic barrel in which he proposed to live like Socrates. Or was it Plato? Which exactly happened to change this idyllic situation remains a shade obscure. There was a much speculation after the event, of course, midwife... Hardiker of Glastonbury had a story of Piper commissioned by the village council to rid the town hall of black beetles and never paid. Farmer Albert, a man is as famed for his flights of fancy as for the turf he smoked in his clay pipe, maintained the fault lay and with his arch enemy, the blacksmith Abraham, who was so drunk one night that he stumbled into a holy well, thus committing an unconscious act of desecration. 
<laughs> Petronicus Ambilicus, the old Roman alchemist, who, <laughs> that's fun, who still mm-hmm. plied his trade in Glastonbury, reckoned it was a seasonal thing, connected in some mysterious way to the position of the planet Mercury. More serious theories put forward by the Archbishop, Archbishop of Canterbury suggested the disturbance of a great worm in Cornwall or possibly the activity of witches in Wales. But the simple fact is that no one really knew. Everyone went to sleep one evening. Before midnight to avoid the rain. In a realm that was all green and golden and sunny and peaceful and woke up the following morning to a nightmare of blight, pestilence, gloom, and corruption. The first thing they noticed was that dawn's sun had taken a greenish tinge. And while that died down over a little over the morning, there was still the smog that fallen over Glastonbury. The pollution in the water supply, the total disappearance of every night in Avalon, the fungus attack on Camelot Castle, the death of all grain crops, the sickening of pigs and cattle, the dying of soil, the potholes, the molehills, which all erupted like boils along the main roads. The waste gold started to rust and linen started to rot and the mildew that appeared nearly everywhere. It was, said the old residenters wisely, a curse. And for once, nobody disagreed with them. The problem, of course, was what to do about it. The first deputation went to Camelot, but quickly found it was impossible to enter the castle, let alone communicate with the King Arthur or the members of his court. The second deputation went to Merlin's Barrel, but was denied entrance on the grounds that the wizard had nothing to wear. It was an excuse that members of the deputation appreciated since they, too, had lost much of their clothing. (laughs) After that, the people settled down to suffering, as people usually do in the face of mysterious adversity. Except for Merlin himself, of course, who did what he always did when there was too much trouble abroad for normal human beings to handle. Merlin casts a net spell to capture the greatest hero in the known universe. Wow, we've upgraded. A young person with sufficient skill, courage, talent, common sense, good looks, and self-confidence to animate the body of Pip. Wait, he's... Wait, they're complimenting us? Yeah, that's a direct compliment to us. The books have always been very, very kind about us in situ. Yeah, and very unkind about Pip until recent, in which it feels like they've stopped with the whole Pip is a big old dum-dum routine that that was the unkindness they did to yeah. Pip. whereas it felt like every time they were like oh pip what a great body what an incredibly handsome face kind yeah of a dummy, but yeah <laughs> it's like don't get everything this this side by side of uh the gordon ramsay talking to the people on master chef versus master chef jr yes it's like oh you sweet little angel you here's <laughs> what you need to do versus yo donkey <laughs> It's what are you? Much... I'm an idiot sandwich. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's like a, it's kind of what it feels like. Anywho, those who knew about the spell were greatly relieved. The situation needed a hero, particularly one. Okay, well. Particularly one stupid enough to risk his life and limb to sort things out. So. <laughs> about that. All right, now yeah. read to page 50. I can't believe that one line in the future, our downfall lay. Yep. You donkey! <laughs> I'm an idiot sandwich. So, here you are, said Merlin. All ship-shape and Bristol fashion, keen and enthusiastic. He glances up at the sky briefly. Uh, looks like rain, but it won't. It never rains now, at least when you want it to. Only when you don't, and then it doesn't do any good. Uh, never mind, you'll soon sort it out. But I don't even know who laid the curse! You wail. Well, neither do I, admits Merlin frankly. 
Shortly after the whole thing happened, a thunderstone fell into Glastonbury Village Square with an inscription on it that read, Revenge is sweet. Signed, Cran the Terrible. Uh, there was a lot of excitement when that happened and people started talking about the curse of Cran. But then all we have to do is find this Cran. The curse of Cran is when you are trying to use the crayon and you're pushing a little bit too hard and then it snaps in the middle. That's the curse. That's the curse of Cran. My my similar pitch would have been when it's worn down to a knob that you can't hold and correctly use yeah. to actually uh, demonstrate anything on the page. It's when That's, you have. It's to, a very yeah. short crayon. It's a crayon. Yeah, it's a crayon. It's when you have to start tearing off the paper, the fun paper that lets you know that it's Jim's, you know, Jim's red, or whatever. Yeah, or lapis lazuli, or something like that. They're always. I don't yeah. want to remove those. As soon as I'm done with the very top nib, the original triangle, I'm throwing it out and getting a new one. Yeah. It's like, this is autumn purple. It's like, I wouldn't really consider purple to be much of an autumn color, but I mean, I don't know enough about crayons to dispute this. <laughs> oh, this one's seasonal. I need to find a different purple. <laughs> oh, I can't, use, I can't use this purple in fall. Amateur. <laughs> Timmy, come for dinner. No. <laughs> okay. Timmy, you stay in your room until you learn the seasons! <laughs> oh, fall into winter, spring into summer. <laughs> now, why did I get a drawing on the fridge with a autumn purple? I don't know, mother. Well? This scene was set in autumn? <laughs> uh... Nice try, but that's clearly a summer sky! <laughs> Back to your room! The clash of seasons. Oh, that's clearly a summer pink. All right. Anyways, uh, start talking about the curse of Cran. And they have to do is find Cran. You exclaim. Oh, uh, what do you mean we? Merlin asks test testily. But before he can answer this, he adds. Uh, you'll find it's not as simple as that. Uh, whoever laid the curse would have to be a wizard, sorcerer, or witch. And they're all registered, you know. Even your rules. Uh, you can't practice magic unless you're registered. Then... You interrupt. We just have to look at the records! I've done all that! Snaps Merlin. There's no such person as Cran. Uh, at least, there's no such name registered anyway. It's my belief that Cran is a nom de guerre. So to find Cran, you're going to have to find out who Cran really is. Then you're going to have to kill him. Or her. He pauses thoughtfully. Or it, he adds. Where do we start? Oh, that's up to you, says Merlin. After all, it's your adventure. I can't possibly come with you since I'd risk being arrested for indecent exposure. But if I could come with you, I would suggest you start with a visit to Glastonbury. Or a run at Castle Camelot. Those are the two places where the curse lies thickest. So there might be some clues to pick up. Which seems as good of advice as any. You can troll up to Cadbury Hill uh, to the castle on 17 or Glastonbury on 34. Uh, I mean, I have I have a lean if if you don't immediately. Uh, hit me with it because my orange pen ran out of ink. Mm, mm, mm. Again, we will be marking you down for that, but yeah. uh, blue. The, that works. the lean I'm on is that uh, going up to the castle seems like probably the, the, the best way to get not just a view of the surrounding land, 
but also a view of the most dire circumstance and possibly maybe interact with some characters who might be uh, able to shout down from a window about what's happening inside of the castle. It seems the area of the most dense intrigue. I dig it. Good enough of a reason for me. Page 17. Yeah, 17. Boop, boop, boop. It should be a familiar road to Camelot since you've climbed this hill often enough in the past, usually in triumph after slaughtering something particularly beastly and saving the realm yet again. But while it should be familiar, it isn't. The great broad highway which meandered up the hill is now rutted and potted and caved in that it's scarcely more than a goat track. The avenue trees planted as ornamentation by the Green Thumb Mog, King Arthur's head gardener, are wilted diseased and in many cases even fallen. Another land below, once so beautiful a vista, is now a sweeping plain of shrub and dried-out marsh. After this approach, the castle itself comes as no real surprise. The glittering spires and soaring towers, the proud walls, the looming battlements, are now completely covered in a thick, oozing leprous skin of dark grey fungus, which transforms the entire edifice into something reminiscent of a gigantic squatting toad. There's a distant chill in the air, and the moat smells foul. Scum and debris float like sullen corpses on the surface. Great slow bubbles erupt from the depths to burst on the surface, releasing little greenish fumes. The raised drawbridge exhibits signs of dry rot, and the closed portcullis has fallen prey to rust. There are no guards on the walls, and a silent stillness hangs over everything like a funeral shroud. Welcome back to Camelot, Pip. But how do you propose to get in? You might perhaps attempt to swim the moat at 26... Bravely announce your arrival at 43, or maybe even write it all off as a bad idea and go to Glastonbury on 34. Hmm. Swim the fetid moat. Or just yell, uh, hi, I'm here. Anyone in? Seems yeah. Like one of them's a little uh, less less risky. The moat? I wouldn't socialize. <laughs> Good point well made. I might get embarrassed. <laughs> I'd die of embarrassment. Uh, yeah, 43... Ho there! You call, hands placed firmly on your hips. A small... But extremely handsome and impressive figure. Uh, dwarfed by this... Wait, what the heck? Small... Okay. Oh, 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 oh. Small but an extremely handsome and impressive figure dwarfed by the towering fungoid edifice. Ho there! You call again. This is Pip the Dragon Slayer and Hero of Avalon sleeking entrance to the Court of Camelot, as is my right as servant and friend to the great King Arthur. From deep within the castle, something giggles evilly, which, as you discover, if you hang around long enough, is the only answer you're going to get. And that would seem to reduce your opinion options to swimming the moat or going to Glastonbury. Hmm. I mean, we're right at the beginning. Should we swim the moat to see if it just straight kills it. us? Because I'm imagining it's going to be like a, this is a lock you need to f like find a key before you come back. It's my guess, but who knows? The moat water has all the fresh consistency of thick pea soup and a certain corrosive quality which brings your skin out into a rash before you've gone three yards. Even old EJ, your faithful talking sword, is moved to protest. Shut up, EJ! Despite all this unpleasantness, you swim strongly for the castle wall, but while you swim strongly, you don't seem to be getting any closer. We're not getting any closer. Shut up, EJ! At all the same, he's right. After 15 minutes, you're still up to your neck in this foul liquid and still only a few yards from the bank where you first leapt in. After a time, you turn around and swim back to the bank. That was the stupidest idea you've ever had! 
you tell EJ shortly as you drag yourself back out, which may be true. And although it probably isn't. But doesn't get you into the castle. You may bravely announce your arrival or abandon the attack. Okay, so we have to go to Glastonbury, but we now know that. Mm-hmm. The road to Glastonbury, once, once such a pleasant journey, is now a disaster area, with the fog and shrouded destination holding no great appeal either. You reach the outskirts of the village eventually and step reluctantly into the mist. It's not so thick as it seems from the outside, so you can see perfectly well where you're going, but it is damp and chill, making an adventurer's life... Which was never a bowl of cherries to begin with. Even more difficult. But difficult or not, you should brace yourself to study the map of Glastonbury on 202 to indicate what you shall explore. We got a map already, eh? Mm-hmm, we do indeed. It's about the size of half of Scrog Hollow City. Scrog Hollow City! Um, there's the road to Tor up in the top left. There's a, a central village square with a, a uh, well in the center of it and what looks like a lake off to one side. And then the standard assortment of things you might imagine to find in a small village. Some grazing yards, what looks like a paddock, uh, possibly a church, possibly a bar. Possibly a bar slash church hybrid. Mmm. Kneel in the pews and uh, genuflect with a beer in hand. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, we got a big old... Okay, so we got a lot of options. I was just getting my Microsoft Paint screen ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. So, Road to Tor is Yes, I suspect that's not where we've come from. Yeah, but it makes me wonder, where are we coming from? Because I, I like having a clean thought. Let's just assume seven. How about that? Yeah. In which case, uh, on entry to the town, we have a building off to our right. Would we like to check seven? Yeah. Now, this is very odd. Pip, you've reached the gatehouse, which guards the main road to Glastonbury. They call it the gatehouse because there used to be a wall around the village in bad old days before King Arthur brought a bit of law and order to Avalon. The wall is long gone now, but the gatehouse remains, and you know from past experience there should be a token guard here. By the name of Sam. Sam is not a serious guard, of course, just a colorful old gent in, a f- in funny, out-of-date clothes carrying an ornamental sword and a spear. Bit of tradition preserved by the village council. The thing is, no Sam. And no other guard, either. The gatehouse is silent, cold, and empty. New destination. Hmm. Interesting. I want to meet Sam. Sam sounds cool. <clears throat> Should we... If we continue into the uh, main uh, area, there is a well directly ahead of us in the village square, or we could cut immediately to the right and head to the lake. I feel like just visualizing, if I was walking into town, the first thing I would see upon entering in this in the, through this path would be the well. Sounds so good it, to me. All right, page five. It's the village well. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, uh, it, it, and then it, it's it just cuts. it's the village well by an own sentence and then you have to go over the page transition to see yeah. the rest of it yeah. I know that this is not the original book formatting but that would be a really I good love formatting that. for a joke yeah generally the women came come here in the early mornings to draw water and exchange news but there are no women about now either nor men didn't come to that this is normally the very heart of the village activity and now thanks to the curse presumably it's as silent as a tomb you walk to the stone wall and peer over into the well shaft itself, 38 foot deep, dug by hand and stone lined by some patient mason in days long before you were born. You can't see the water surface, of course. That's too far down. But you can see. Yes, quite definitely. There are steps cut into the stonework. How odd. Nobody noticed them before. 
They look not exactly, if not exactly brand new, at least fairly recently cut. Who on earth would want to cut steps into a well and where would they lead? You can always try to find out by climbing down on page 64, but they look slippery and dangerous. So you can turn back. I've never I turned think... back from a thing in my life. What? And we're not going to start now. I think this is is our uh, test of, well, have you read any of the previous books? Because guess who hid in the bottom of a well in Glastonbury Village? Merlene. The Welsh wizard Merlin. I'm pretty wow. sure it's uh, his yeah. house down there. Yes, seems like it. 63. The ducks... Wait, what? Uh, is, is it not 64? 64. That makes more sense than the ducks look suitably grateful. Mm. <laughs> but I do want to get to 63 now. <laughs> All right. Climbing down, Arya. Better make, check to make sure you don't slip and break your neck. Roll two dice. Score four or better. Go to 45. Five or more and turn to 37. All right. I'm going to roll one of these. You roll one of these. All right. I'm pretty confident. I got a three. Great. I also got a three. We have a six in total. That's five or more. Page 37 beckons us. Whether or not it's successful, we'll see. I'd assume. It didn't say... The other one was not go to page four, for what's worth. Mm. You break your neck, and life is harder now? <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. You're in a room at the bottom of the well. The ro a room of sorts. It's... Sort of a gigantic bubble, really, but it's been furnished with a bed, an easy chair, several leather-bound books, a gozolo. Which gozolo the bed? A wardrobe, an alchemist's furnace, a... Wait a minute, an alchemist's furnace? There'd be only one soul in the whole of Avalon who would take the trouble of installing an alchemist's furnace. Quickly grab one of them. I mean, yes, we know. One of the leather-bound books. Sure enough, you there is a familiar spidery writing in the title page. This tome begin... But... Ah, sir. This tome belongs to Merlin. <laughs> you found another of Merlin's blasted houses. He has them all over this place in the most eccentric situations. Quickly, you flick through the remaining books in hopes that they might come in useful with some sort of spells, but they turn out to be utter rubbish. A work on astronomy, which proves the sun goes around the earth backwards every seven years. Two adventure game books about some idiot called Firewolf, which I think is something also made by the same people. If I... Yes, I believe that is another one of the uh, solo fantasy game books written by J.H. Brennan, writer of uh, Grail yeah. Quest. A book of crossword puzzles, a fisherman's handbook. Throwing the volumes aside and discuss, you make to go back to the steps when a thought strikes. And you look inside the alchemical furnace. A green stone lies half-hidden in the dead ashes. Could be something ghastly, of course, since Merlin concocts the most appalling artifacts sometimes. But you may, if you wish, take the stone at 56 or leave it. <laughs> I've never left an artifact in my life, game! I, yeah, punish me. See if I care. I'll see you on 56. <laughs> a voice hisses urgently, if somewhat muffled by a scabbard. It is, of course, your talking sword, EJ. Why not? You hiss back. I think it's cursed. EJ tells you. Why do you think that? It's green, isn't it? Green stones are always cursed. Uh, once you touch it, you'll never be able to put it down until you're dead. Uh, perhaps not even then. It might even drain your life points or give you boils or, or transport you instantly to some ghastly place or, or call up some horrendous monster or... Oh, shut up, EJ. I need to think. Take all the time you need and take the green stone if you still want it by turning to page 73. Oh, that's all the time I need. 
I've never not taken a thing in my life. I've never not taken a thing in my entire life. Uh, 73. Your hand... Shaking a little. Closes the green stone. Closes on the green stone. Yeah! Do be quiet, EJ! You tell him firmly, since in fact nothing very much has happened beyond a slight magical tingle from the stone. Is it cursed? He gasps. No, of course it isn't. You assure him. And you may even be right, although you'll never know until you decide to rub the stone. You can do that right now if you wish by turning to page 12, but before you go rushing off, you should consider the possibility that you can only use the magic in it once and it might be wasted at this point. Your other possibility is to keep the stone... Without rubbing it! And only turn to 12 when you actually want to use it! Although in that case, you should make sure, make a note of the section number so you can get back to it easily. Okay? Uh, so I guess we mark should... down the green stone on page 12? Yes, I've, I've got written a green stone and then in parentheses, rubbable, comma, page 12. Um, do, do we want to forecast, like, the first usage that we want for this? Like, you know, when we're about to encounter a battle that seems difficult or when, uh, you know, it seems like we might die in a moment or something like that? I guess, Yeah. It, it just it, things seem dangerous. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tricky condition. If danger, <laughs> then rub. <laughs> Don't danger rub inside. <laughs> <laughs> um, Where do we head from the well, Rita? I assume that we uh, emerge outside of it. Very uh, capable and safe. There is a lake across the way. There's yes. also just the village square itself and what looks like a stall in the square. Yeah, you know what? Uh, the village square itself seems to make sense. Cool, cool. That's page 30. I think we enough sight, Pip, since your adopted father, Freeman John, used to bring you here on the back of his cartwood since you were a child. Those were the days when he came to sell his farm produce in Glassberry Market, for this is the market square. For you punched old mean Jake. It's empty now, which is odd considering the time of day. You'd normally find to expect somebody hanging around, even if it was only a, a tinker mending pots or a beggar trying to extract a few pennies from the passers-by. But now there's only the empty square with the well. Marked, marked five on your map. Yeah, but which we've been to. At the center, the curse seems to be very bad for business. The end. It's the doomed business uh, district here. Uh, um, Let's... Let's check out 51, then, the stall in the uh, in the village square here. Very nearby, if we just peer slightly to the left. All right. You knock. Go away! Calls a voice from deep inside the house. Go on! Go away! You knock again, polite style. The door opens a fraction, and only one beady eye peers out. Go away! Oh, it's you, young pip! I thought it might be that wizard Cran. No, sir, it is not. You say, recognizing the market master, Bernard Grukbuck. No, I can see that now. I suppose you want the key to the stockyard. Not that it'll do you any good since the stockyard's empty. Part of the curse, you know. Still, there's nothing else here but the key, and you're welcome to take it if you want it. Take the useless key if you want it, and return to the map. I'll take it. Stockyard yeah. key. Uh lake to find ducks 
Oh, d- d- now, we're in uh, Avalon. Uh, I understand the lake is where you find uh, Excalibur, actually, so we should be great. Duck Let's Excalibur. You are standing on the edge of the village duck pond. Okay. A scummy little stretch of water sometimes used for throwing bullies into. There's three ducks on it at the moment, swimming backwards for some reason. Oh. Near the middle, you can see bubbles rising as if, as if someone had fallen in and was drowning. If you want to investigate those bubbles, you're going to have to get your feet wet all the way up to your head. But if that's what you want, you may leap into the pond on page three. If you prefer to stay dry, you can pass the time by feeding ducks on page 63. <laughs> yeah, I really want to try and feed the ducks mm. first. So bad. I do too. It feels like, you know, the, the ducks seem weird. <laughs> this seems like a weird situation. <laughs> if someone's been in there, they've been in there for a while. They're not just about to drown in the period of time it takes me to feed these ducks. <laughs> yeah, these ducks are hungry. This is urgent. And also... It's page 63. Let's investigate. Feed these ducks. These ducks... Looks suitably grateful. Now stop messing around with the ducks. You've got a kingdom to save. Return to 20 to decide where to go from there. Okay. All right. Do we want to feed them too? Uh, feed the feed them to the person? Uh, feed them to uh, people. Yes. Yeah. Page three. You can go rumble that storekeep out. Let's do it. Yeah, let's go. Let's go page three. We'll see what the bubbles, the bubbles are. Splash. Now you're in the water. Seems like a good time to find out if you can swim. Roll the dice, score four better, go to 40, four less, turn to 28. All right. I'll roll this. All right. Uh, we can't swim. Well, I mean, uh, probably. 28. We don't know a for 50, a fact. 50. We don't know for a fact that that means failure. It doesn't say. <laughs> doesn't You're say. right, it doesn't say. Let's go to page 28. You sink like a stone all the way to page 14 and die. Yeah, let's read it. Mm-hmm. Let's What's page 14? Uh, <laughs> wait, what? Well, I mean, page 14 is the death. Yeah. But uh, it's always well written. What yeah. Let's, let's sound like in this one. Yeah. Well, that's it, isn't it? Killed stone dead by something or other. Just not being able to swim. There's no need to stay that way. Just grab your dice, reroll your life points, get back to your adventure faster than it takes to for you to say anti-disestablishment and terrorism. Which is supposedly the longest word in the English language, incidentally. What's more, you don't have to go back to the beginning unless you particularly want to. Only start at the particular sequence where you were killed. For example, if you're slaughtered in Glastonbury, you can just restart there. Or if you're in the castle, you can restart at the castle. You can get to the castle. Confirmed. Okay. This saves a lot of time and it'll be a big help in the long run since it gives you a second chance to investigate things you may have missed. Um, great. That's so we incredible. Died. We... We don't even need to provide the external logic of uh, that mechanic would be a lot better for this podcast. That mechanic yeah. is now just what we do. Woohoo! Justified! Let's go! Let's go! I rolled a six and we can swim. Oh! Uh, that's on page three, leads us to where? 40. 40. Excellent. All right. Swimming like a fish. Or duck, if you prefer. You make your way with lightning speed to the spot where the bubbles are emerging, wondering wondering the while what is causing them. But before you actually reach the bubbles, you find out the hard way. Emerging out of the water is a long, scaly head attached to long, an equally scaly neck, which in turn is attached to a long, scaly body just visible beneath the surface of the pond. Congratulations, you solved the mystery of the origin of the Loch Ness Monster. But right now, you better decide what to do about it. Big though it is, the creature is not fully grown. 
there being less room in Glastonbury Duck Pond than in Loch Ness. But it still sports 30 life points and can savage you at plus 5 damage on a throw of 6 or better. Wow. If it savages you successfully, turn to the dreaded 14. If you savage it, 6 would be a better destination. I guess we're going to kill the Loch Ness Monster? I, I, uh, yeah, I suppose so. Um, now, the game didn't directly tell us this. Yeah. But EJ is talking. We must yeah, we have, have EJ. We have is, EJ for sure. Has to be. So we've got uh, a hit on a plus four for plus five damage. We have 42 HP. The enemy has 30. And they hit for the same amount of damage on a higher throw. This is all to say that uh, statistically, we should win this fight. Yeah. Sorry, what page was this? I was scrolling down to the bottom to see if there was like the uh, the the thing that said like, oh, here's all the stuff that you've had from the past books. Because then I was like, oh, maybe we have. Okay, we're on 40. Never mind. All right. Initiative. Two. Yes, it's it's 40. I've rolled three for our initiative. Get wrecked. I'm rooting for Nessie. Four. Well, let's see if we do get wrecked. Ten. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, okay, so that's... Uh, uh, nine damage. Down to 33 immediately. Yeah, we're getting wrecked. All right, all right, all right. Good work, Nessie. Good work, Nessie. Um, all right. I guess we're doing this. EJ swings back for a solid eight against the enemy, chunking them down. I should get a, another piece of paper to record this rather than my inventory sheet. Uh, Nessie tries to just swing at you with, with their head. It misses. It's a three. It works for giraffes. It's true. All right, all right, just swing back. Uh, EJ holds uh, himself out uh, directly and uh, in a point so as to try and intercept the next swipe of the neck and does so very successfully, rolling a nine for ten total damage, taking the uh, Loch Ness down to 12 remaining HP with a sharp slash across the throat. That's a five, which is a miss, which is good. Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect. And it's it's going to be difficult not to at least make the Loch Ness unconscious here. Uh, so this is going to be uh, throwing the sword EJ into the river. <sighs> All right. So we strike for four, which is uh, one of the only numbers that wasn't going to result in unconsciousness there. <laughs> And in screaming in agonies, misses with a four. Mm-hmm. Lost all concentration, eh? I'll end this. And we end this. Or rather, the actually, we put them on one HP remaining, so Thank they're God. unconscious. If we should like to internally uh, not ruin the cryptological record. Yes. I do not kill the cryptological record, rather. Yes. Yes. So we do mark an experience, but do not mark our conscience. Mm-hmm. If you savage the Loch Ness Monster, turn to page six. All right, swimming mightily, you drag the huge corpse of the Loch Duck Pond Monster to the edge for examination. Uh, it's an awful looking creature, slimy and scaling, quite terrifying even now, if, even if it's dead. And since there's not much outside of a monster, uh, the outside of a monster can tell you you may decide to do a quick post-mortem by cutting it open on page 39 or you can not and turn to page 16 if we get the 39 it's like do you have a knife yeah, uh, ej i have a sword 
Uh, oops. Which page? Sorry, I heard hey, a uh, loud noise. It is a plane. Okay. It's all good. Nine? Wait, what page? Hey, uh, you're not going to use me on that thing, are you? What page are we on? Uh, 39 for okay. the uh, post-mortem examination. Okay. Asks EJ in alarm, having guessed you're about to cut up the monster. I used you to kill it. You point out reasonably. Yeah, but that's my job. EJ says. Cutting up dead things is very uh, infra-dig for a sword. Do be quiet. You tell him, abandoning reasonableness. And with one swing of your protesting sword, you lay open the monster, who still is just unconscious, I promise. Mm -hmm. Inside it is a collection of the most amazing rubbish. Old horseshoes, rusting daggers, bits of armor, leather boots, so forth. Put them on, put them on, put them on. And all that remains, presumably, of the people... And horses. ...that it's eaten. Rummaging through, you come across a bottle with a piece of parchment inside. Even through the glass, you can read the writing on the parchment that says simply... There's a secret entrance to Camelot at page 60. Interesting information, if true. You can turn to page 60 to find out or keep the parchment for later and continue investigating the map. You know? What that you sounds good to me. I say sure. Uh, I, I like that we have it. But while we have the stockyard key from uh, the guy in Glastonbury, I'd really like to also check out the stockyard before bouncing. Which one's the stockyard? <laughs> no clue yet. 58? 67? Could even be uh, 54. Could even be 42. 38, 62, 47. 4, 15, 16, 23, 42. <laughs> I was wondering how long until <laughs> we got that sequence there. Bulbasaur, Pikachu, Squirtle, Lanky. Um, I don't care which, which, I want you to decide which one you think is, since you want to remain in the city, I want you to decide which you think is most likely to be the stockhouse until you're right. This is the uh, game we will be playing. Excellent. So one of them is a very, very long building, and I could see that being used more for material than for people, so let's check 42. Now, this is a building you've never needed to enter before, since the loot you've collected during your various adventures has left you reasonably well off. Oh yeah? But you know what it is, of course, and so does everyone in Glastonbury, the town almshouse, established in a benevolent moment by King Arthur himself, officially opened by the Archbishop of Canterbury, and the one spot where the poor and needy can go for a handout now and then. As usual, the doors are locked and barred, and the windows tight-shuttered. You walk past the various signs. No admittance! Keep out. Trespassers prosecuted. Beware of the dog. Private. Staff only. And so on. To the main door, you knock. After a while, you knock again and again, losing patience. You kick the door, which falls inwards with a resounding crash. That's government property. A shrill voice exclaims. There will be forms to fill out. You're looking into a neat office furnished with a neat desk behind which sits a neat nerd wearing the traditional white spats of his race. Something about him looks painfully familiar. Excuse me. You say? But haven't we met somewhere before? Perhaps we have, perhaps we haven't, says the nerd sharply. That depends on whether you visited the ghastly kingdom of the dead. I used to run a treasure room there until some silly little hero looted and lost me my job. Fortunately, there's always employment for someone with a head for figures. Now, what do you want? I'm very busy. 
I was wondering if you could give me all the information about the Curse of Avalon. You tell him. I feel in this form. If you... No, wait, snaps the nerd, pushing a piece of parchment towards you. If you want to waste time on the red tape, turn to page eight. If you prefer to beat the information out of the nerd, assuming he even has it, uh, turn to page 13. Hmm. He is in the almshouse. It feels uncharitable to give this man uh, you know, a new covering of black and blue. Uh, eh? Although he did, he, he did suck. He did suck. <laughs> That'd be my only pull for for smacking him up a bit. I'm fine for either. I'll punch a nerd. I am let's, a nerd. let's punch the nerd. Last time we punched the nerd, we got a ring that was really cool that we never got to use. That is very true. Page... Oh, wait. Wait, I thought it was 13. Page what? I also thought it was 13. This is definitely not the right page. Huh. It says 13. Uh... <laughs> I guess we should waste our time with uh, red tape then, because this is certainly the incorrect page. Let me see if I can search the word nerd. Huh. The nerd is mentioned nowhere else in the book. <laughs> I... Huh? Um, let's... Let's, uh... Let's... Yeah, let's... Let's, uh... Let's fill out the paperwork. Yeah. Information. Well, you wanted to fill out the form. It's just a form, but it's not in English. Mm. Or is it? Uh, the first entry is Iman, which is name backwards. The second oh. is Serda, which oh, is address, address backwards. And then Noitapuko, which is occupation backwards. <laughs> However... It's worth noting, the uh, text following that is actually back to the original ciphers that we saw in the previous books, which is to say an inverse cipher. All of this to say, it reads, on completion of this form, say gobble plunk aloud and then turn to page 13. Oh, gobble plunk. As you pronounce the mystic word, which is the page that we're supposed, what? I have no clue. As you pronounce the mystic word, your surroundings abruptly disappear, and you find yourself standing on a lonely road, distantly to the southeast. You see a collection of fog-enshrouded buildings. To the northwest, the road seems to enter a marsh or swamp, out of which there turns towers a peculiar, peculiarly rounded hill. Southeast takes you to 34, following the north northwest road takes you to 32. Or we could follow the road to page 60 at any time. That is also true. We could use the parchment to go to uh, Camelot page 60. What do you think? Um, with the idea in mind that it seems like we need to, uh, or it seems like we might need to, rather, come back to Glastonbury in order to pick something up, uh, if we have to go back there anyway, we now have exhausted the almshouse, so it seems more than reasonable at this point to go to Camelot. Alright, page 60 it is. This is an odd route to the castle, well away from the triumphal road leading up the hill to the main entrance. In fact, for a while, you have convinced yourself that this has been a mixed direction. Since the path... For it's no more than a path. ...twists and turns and seems at times to be taking you in a completely opposite direction. At one point, your way passes through a small wood where the birds are coughing in the treetops as a result of the curse. <laughs> Bird cough. I do want to hear it. Then drops into a dell, emerges across some wasteland, eventually reaches... This isn't the castle. This is nowhere near the castle. You're facing the entrance to a deep, dark cave. 
If you want to enter and risk getting totally lost, turn to page 36, or go back to Glastonbury on 34, or take the familiar road to the castle on 17, which we have done. Mm. I can only imagine that the the, uh, the entrance to Camelot is still through yes, here. Let's persist. And we also have a canonical way back to Glastonbury now on 34. So, you know what I'm saying? Because before we could be like, oh, let's go back to Glastonbury. It's like, well, it doesn't technically say we can, but now we can do this. So 36. This isn't a cave at all, more like a tunnel of some sort. And once you've gone a few more, uh, more than a few feet, it starts to descend quite sharply. Maybe this leads to the castle after all, some sort of subterranean entrance that comes up through the hill. Or there again, maybe it's a crypt full of vampires. Well, we have a wooden stake. You never know with places like this, but it's a bit too late to start worrying now. You're well into the tunnel, and in any case, now facing a tridentine fork, with the tunnel continuing northwards, but two branch tunnels driving off to the northwest and northeast. This this could get a bit confusing, Pip, so keep your wits about you. North takes you to 33, northwest 41, northeast 46. Absolutely, northeast, I'll meet you on 46. All right, I'm just marking these down. The tunnel ends in a blank wall to the northeast, while leading southwest to 36. Oh. Well, I'd say that's still a success as it's a, it, it clears the information and exactly. exhausts the it road. Exactly, that path. It's, about the, it's almost better than a success because it's also such a quick one. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, go out next most favored of north. Just north, yeah. A vague touch of deja vu here, as the Gauls like to say. You're now at a sort of tridentine fork with a tunnel running northwards, two branch tunnels driving out to the northwest and northeast, and a passage running south. This could get even more confusing, Pip, so keep your wits about you. North takes you to 44, northwest to 49, northeast to 53, south to 36. This is definitely worth making a... Mapping, I'm doing it. Okay. Uh, I mean, <laughs> do we need to ask? Yeah, north and then east. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on. 44, 49, 53. South means just go back a page. So 53. The tunnel ends in a blank walls in the northeast and leads back to 33. I mean, hey, I sure. 49? Uh-huh. Let's do it. You've entered a small open chamber. A corridor runs southeast and another due south. The southeastern corridor leads to 33, which we've been, and then south... And due south, theoretically, might lead to uh, the previous uh, north-western direction from the original room. I mean, it's worth giving it a shot to exhaust, right? Oh, absolutely. The tunnel angles north and east. At the junction, your eagle eye spots an entrance to a secret crawl space running north and east. North takes you to 49, east to 80... And this crawl space runs northeast to 36. Which is the beginning page. Hold on. No. Uh, Sorry, what page are we currently on? We're on 59. On 59. Thank you kindly. Just 59. Uh, but oh, yeah, the, the, the crawl space, the secret crawl space takes us back to the beginning. So we don't want to do that. So it is what? north or east. 49 which is one we've already been to, or east, which is 80, which we've not been to. So, 80? Wait, what? I don't know. It says it's going to get confusing. What? 
it's it's just we're we're working in um, uh, non-Euclidean space. If uh, if these actually co uh, collect, co uh, connect in the way that they're saying here, yeah. A second. So if I, I were at thirty-three and I went northeast, I do go to fifty-three, and then where's it's northwest is forty-nine. Yeah, I think my normal like choose your own adventure bra branching path that I have going here is honestly going to be more helpful apparently since it seems like it's not operating in real space. So page what? 80. So when you go south on page 59, the tunnel angles north and east. Yeah. How? Because north being I think back where you came from. <clears throat> It's just phrased weird because you can approach it from you can get to these pages from multiple locations. So on page mm -hmm. eighty, we've already been let's do it. to we've already been to fifty nine. So let's go to sixty one. Mm -hmm. You've entered a small open chamber. Passages lead south, north, northwest, and east. On one wall, the west wall to be exact. There is a neat a lever and a neat little note notice which reads, "Push lever up or down to teleport." How intriguing. If you push the lever up, you'll teleport to 57. You push it down, you teleport to 71. If you leave it alone, you may go south, north, northwest, or east. Woo! That's a lot of options. Mm-hmm. So I mean, almost feel like uh, at some point we will get clarification on, on what we want to do with this lever if we continue exploring. Yeah. I'm just writing down 80... <clears throat> Oh my god, 80, 101, 97, 90, 57, 71. There's a lot of options. Have we been to any of these? Uh, we have been to 80. Yep. So, north, northwest, or east? Should we try to go north or east? Um, Let's try north again on 101. All right. Passage reaches a dead end to the north well, an opening to a small chamber at the south leads to 61. There is, however, a pit trap. Roll a die, three or more, and you avoid it. Score three or below, you better go to 74. I got a four. Excellent. We avoid it. Get wrecked. Pit. All right, so we go back to 61. So should we go to the north or to the east? It's going to the east on 90, yeah. The passage ends in a blank wall to the east while an opening to a smaller chamber on the west at 61. There's, however, a pit trap along here. Roll the die. I got it too. Unless you rolled. Let's see what that I does on page 72. Roll two dice to determine how many life points you have lost. Nine. Yeesh. And then climb back up to page 90 from here. Okay. So mm -hmm. back to Which I can only imagine we don't have to do the pit trap immediately again after climbing out of it. That's that's very slapstick routine. So let's head back to 72. Not 72. That's the wrong one. Whoops, whoops, whoops. 61, which leads us to 97, which leads us either back to 61 or to 77. So. 77 sounds new to me. 77. This is goose chase. This passage runs southeast to 97, forks northwest on 83, and northeast to 93. So let's mark all those down, and let's see if we've been to any of those. So 97 we've been to. 83. 
we have not been to. 93 we have not been to. So north and east? Let's do it. 93. Oh, my God. The passage runs southwest to 77 ends in a blank wall to the northeast. Uh, this is also a pit trap that you would need to roll, go to 88 if you fail. Uh, I have <laughs> rolled a one. So 88. Uh, is 88 also just going to be... Yep. <gasps> you roll to... Wait. Roll two dice to determine how many life points you've lost falling down this stupid pit. If it kills, you go to 14. And then there's... If you don't die, go to 93. Alternatively, you may take a secret passage from the bottom of the pit to 95. So... Ooh, we gotta do that. So... Oh, I, I thought I heard you rolling. Oh, I did indeed, and we took 10 damage, and I was uh, going to try not to focus on that, as we are in pain, buddy. We got 14 HP remaining. Hopefully, uh, we don't visit the page anytime soon. All right, well, hopefully we'll just get to the castle so that we can say, hey, yeah, we were, they said we could start from the castle at any time. That'd this secret passage emerges through a sliding panel into a dank stone cell, dimly lit by great glow, filtering through a high-slit window. There's a pile of filthy straw in one corner and the broken remains of a clay bowl in the other. Apart from this, the cell is empty. It seems obvious that you found your way into the Camelot Dungeons, the network of tunnels and cells used to house those who've incurred the displeasure of the king. Once thrown into a cell like this, you could remain forever until you rot, whichever was sooner. Fortunately, however, the door of the cell is lying open, which means you can zip through quickly to 68 or search it on 104. Save state. We entered the castle. Woohoo! We walked through the uh, we walked through the entrance, and the uh, little autosave symbol popped up in the bottom left. And as a result, we know what's going on. It's true. The, New the, area. The frames drop for just a second as the game like hitched mm -hmm. as it's like, it, like in the middle of somebody telling you like a sad backstory, like, oh, the Camelot, the Camelot crypts. I was here when I was a kid. My father, Camelot dungeons, and I once. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh 95 so yeah zip quickly do you want to search everything here right now well, absolutely i feel like we i feel like we progressed okay uh nope nothing here of use to man or beast zip to 68 with a clear conscience yeah you find yourself in a dimly lit corridor running due north and south the cell with its open door lies to the east well, the second corridor runs westwards, its entrance facing the cell door. Oh, boy. So, south takes you to 91, north to 75, west to 100, and east to 95. Jiminy. How many of these are we going to have? Hmm. I don't know, and yet I will start mapping this one in case it makes slightly more sense than the previous. Of course, we have a north option, and yep. we've already explored the eastern, so I'll meet you on 75. East is 95. Yep. Ben. So, oops, oh, shoot, 91, 75, okay. The north-south corridor ends in a block of six securely bolted cell doors running east and west. This is interesting. You may follow the corridor south to 68, which would bend, or open one, or all of the cell doors since the bolts are on the outside and the block is unguarded. If you decide to open the cell doors, consult the following table. Ooh. And it's a page number for each of the cells. I like this. I like it. I like it a lot. But 
Our health is 14. Uh, just one bad fight it's away true. from we visiting. State uh, as soon as we entered the castle. That's also true. I was wondering if we wanted to consider maybe uh, resting. Just having a little bit of a nap outside of these cells. Yeah, I mean, sure, we're going to probably like die anyways. So yeah, let's exactly. go do a little snooze. What's the worst case? What, are you going to die about it? <laughs> I invited. Wait, hang on. There are dream time rules in this book, right? Wait, is there no dream time? Yes, yes there, there are. There it is. All right. You enter dream time with your life points. Uh, you have no magic armor. Operate dream time. Throw two dice and then check the result below. Wait. You sleep and what is the rules for whether or not you get dream time even? Yeah, so uh, you originally, if I recall correctly, throw a dice and see if it hits a uh, five or a six. If it hits a five or a six, you sleep safely. Uh, however, if it hits one. anything else, you need to do the dream time. I got a one. So you roll our <gasps> dream time. Alrighty then. Entering a musty cave, you decipher, sorry, you discover a coded scroll on which you carefully decipher to find a new and unknown spell. Hardly, you pronounce the word spiel anchor and find yourself back in the section where you slept where you may or may not decide to sleep again. And it's also worth noting that, uh, don't we, don't we heal? Yeah, we, we heal, two, we heal two D6. Hell yeah, seven health back. Do we sleep again? I, I mean, I think it's a great idea. I got a six, so we just sleep. Ooh, for another 8 health, taking us up to 29 out of a total of 42. I'd be happy starting to open some cells at this point. I'd also be fine with sleeping. Yeah, let's open the cells. And I'm going to roll the die to see which cell to open. Three. It feels right. I don't know. Let's do it. Unless, wait, I'm scrolling back up to the picture. Is there anything noteworthy about these? The only thing that's noteworthy is that the handle's on different sides. Yeah, it seems to alternate. No, it doesn't all alternate. Left, right... Right, left, left, right. Um, that still doesn't really tell me much about which of these I might prefer over any of the others. So let's go to cell three on 108. All right. There's a corpse in here. Some poor felon thrown into the cell, left to die of starvation or cold, or perhaps assassinated in the dead of night by a hooded figure with feral eyes, armed with a slim, silent blade. Brr. The body's clutching some piece of parchment with something scrawled across it. If you're on to read what it says, turn to 114 or go to 75 and pick a new option. I've never left nothing, never. And we're not starting now. The writing on the parchment is a code, in a code of some sort. It reads... Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is funny. Uh, so it's it's uh, just a reverse here rather than a inverse cipher. It just reverses the letters and it reads... Gone to 14. Go... Oh... This person has gone to 14, so they're just oh my God, clutching it out. Oh my god, that's so good. Gone it's like 14. gone fishing, but um, I'm dead instead. Yeah, gone dead. It's take me a much longer time to turn back up. Alright, back to 75. Do you want to pick a cell? Yeah, I'd like to pick its brother on the other side. That's uh, cell 4, 117. Feeling rather pleased with yourself, you... Wait, what? 4? Uh, cell 4, 117, yeah. Once, wait, self, oh, self four on 117. I went to page four. Oops. So good. One, 
17. As you begin to open the cell door, a black shape vaguely bat-like the size of a man bursts out and passes completely through you before flapping up the corridor to disappear into the darkness, cackling wildly. This experience has done you no good at all. The shape absorbed 15 of your life points on Passant without even giving you a chance for a fair fight. Wow. We're not dead, right? We're not dead, no. Not we not remain dead. on 15 health points. Assuming you're still standing, but, one wonders if it's a good idea to even enter the cell since the thing that got out might have, had a com might have had company in there. However, if you wish to enter the cell, which is very dark, you can do so on 106. Uh, I will note, if we didn't rest, that absolutely would have killed us, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, do we want to rest maybe again? I mean... Fun idea. Sure. Should I... Did you roll or should I? You should. I rolled a five and a six. Oh. Heal number one is seven HP. Heal number two is another five for a total of uh, 13 more. Oh, I, was, I wasn't even Getting trying to roll for it. I wasn't even trying to get a double success out of it. I just I was kind of just playing with my dice. Mm. Now, while I know you weren't, I'm absolutely yeah, okay. treating okay. this as though you right, were. All right, all right, all right. Let's go to 106. I, I ain't going to take 15 life points and not figure out what's behind there. Yeah, exactly. That's a relief. It's empty. At least empty of anything nasty that moves. There's an ebony wand lying in one corner, presumably dropped by that thing that ran through you. You approach it with mounting excitement, having seen a picture of a similar wand in one of Merlin's magic books. Unless you're very mistaken, that is a healing wand. It's a healing wand, all right. You place one end of it against your temple, press the little brass stud in the base, and zip. You've gotten back a double dice roll of life points. But as you examine the wand, this particular wand, you can see that it's faulty. Every time you use it, you'll have to make a single die roll first, scroll, score 1, 2, 3, 4, or 5, and the wand will function exactly as described. Score a 6, and you will blow your head off. Interesting find, <laughs> if you have the bottle to use it. I mean... I love it. I mean, sure, right? Absolutely. Should we roll? All right. Five. Oh. <laughs> And that's 10 HP back. I don't think we need to heal again. We're on 37. We're only 5 HP away Isn't from our max. Isn't this just worse than dream time? So, kind of. It, it's, it's a 1 in 6 to instantly kill you. Uh, yeah. Whereas dream time is a 2 in 6 to be risky. So, I do think dreaming is probably a little safer than this a lot of the time. But uh, this is hilarious. I love yeah. 1, 2, 5. It's normal. Number 6, it will blow your head off. <laughs> Yeah. Interesting find. Alright, 75. Should we go into another cell? Are we exhausting all these cells? I, or what? I certainly think so. I think, like, you know, we've found an artifact in one of these cells after something bad happened to us, and other ones we've just found gags so far, whereas I imagine, you know, six cells, one of these has to have a key item. Might even be a key! Alright. Let's go... Let's go to cell five. Sequentially across, I like it. One, two, six. One, two, six. As you open the door to the cell, there's a sudden explosion of light inside. You leap back, falling into your familiar karate killer fighting stance. EJ at the ready, but the light fades almost at once to comfortable proportions. And you see within the cell a stately figure, dark hair, dark eyed, scarlet robed, and wearing a tall pointed hat. He stares at you piercingly. I assume you are Pip. Yes? You admit taken aback? But who are you? The Wizard Cran. What? <laughs> Says the stately figure. 
Holy cow, you found him. The wicked wizard who put the curse on Camelot's skulking into his cell to boot. Who would have thought of looking for him here, but... What are you going to do about it? You decide to hurl yourself upon him. EJ hacking furiously. Turn to 160. If you prefer to chat, 167. So all of the all of the information we have that implicates Cran in this is someone wrote Cran's name on a stone that fell. Like this could be a case of getting uh, getting uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, framed. Yeah, I think we should talk. Let's do it on 167. Cran, is it? You cry. The wicked wizard who laid the curse on Avalon? You scarless fiend! You, you monstrous maggot! You terrible tortfeaser! You- I say, steady on, remarks Cran. Anyone who would think that? Sir, anyone would think you hadn't come here to rescue me. Rescue you? You gasp. I came here to slit your gizzard! No, don't be like that, protests Cran. I know I've had some terrible publicity lately, but I never dreamed an adventurer of your caliber would be taken in by it. Terrible publicity? You frown, feeling a little bit like little Sir Echo. People hmm? keep telling me the nastiest things about me. Cran tells you. None of it true, of course. Put down your sword for a minute and I'll explain. Are you going to fall for the silver tongue smoothie and put down EJ? If so, turn to 174. Otherwise, if you prefer to hurl yourself upon him, 160. Which is the same page as the last one, so, I mean, I'm down to go to 174. Absolutely. Hesitantly, never taking your eyes off him, you prop EJ against the cell door. All right. You tell Cran grimly. Let's hear your story. Not a lot to tell, really. Cran sighs. First of all... I'm not a real wizard. I'm an escapologist. The only bit of genuine magic I know is how to turn a bolt of purple lightning and turns that is how to generate rather a bolt of purple lightning that turns people into a plum flavored jelly. Everything else I do is tricks. I do a good vanishing elephant and I specialize in getting out of chains and locked boxes and so on. Escapology, as I said. How come you didn't get out of the cell? You ask suspiciously. I said I was an escapologist. I didn't say that I was a good one. Most of the locked boxes I get out of have false bottoms, and while I'm very good at locks, this cell has an outside bolt. I couldn't handle that in a fit. So I had to come here... And stay until some daring adventurer came along to rescue me. Then you didn't put the curse on Camelot? I wouldn't know how. Then? You ask. Who did? Cran glances over his shoulder nervously. The Phantom Grunweasel. He hisses. And all at once, the air is filled with the sound of a full orchestra playing dum da dum dum you leap back into your karate killer stance. What was that? Just ignore it. Advises the wizard Cran. That always happens when you say the treaded name. The Phantom Grunweasel? You ask. Dum da dum dum. 
I that's 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 the one I couldn't visualize in my head. I was like, dun, dun, dun. but wait, there's only three beats in that. Yes, says Cran. It indicates that the fan indicates oh. that the phantom grun weasel dum, da, dum, dum. is a creature living on the dreaded astral plane and that anyone who wants to kill it will have to go there to find it. Good heavens! You exclaim. But how does a bold and handsome adventurer get to the astral plane? There's a megalithic gate on the top of Glastonbury Tor. But to get there, you have to get past the Great Guardian Worm, and that means liberating Pendragon's Mirror Shield. Quite a complicated process, really. Do you know where I can find Pendragon's Mirror Shield? Uh, you ask, getting right to the heart of the matter. Grant shakes his head. No, but I can tell you this. Without the universal key, you won't be able to open the box where Pendragon hid his shield. Astral planes, guardian worms, mirror shields, and a universal key? This adventure is turning into a monumental tangle, and no mistake, you take a deep breath. I don't suppose you know where I can find the universal key? You ask. Cran grims amiably. In my pocket, he says. And I shall be delighted to let you have it as a reward for rescuing me. What a pleasant turn of events. Now you've got the universal key. Now all you need to do is find the mirror shield, defeat the guardian worm, climb Glastonbury Tor, discover the megalithic gateway, travel the astral plane, seek out the phantom Gronweasel, dum 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 and slaughter it to lift the curse on Camelot. But right now you better turn to 75 to pick another option. 75. Uh, so we universal key I will add to our inventory 75 of course is back at our selection I I gotta say what did I say I think there's a key item here the item was a key as it turns out um it's true also for uh for for uh performance I think uh whoever reads the name Phantom Grunweasel the other person just does the 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 beats while the original person just continues talking so that it's just, like, happening in the background, like, the universe. Like, it's the score. Yeah. I'm with it. The question here is... Do we... If we bother continuing to explore? Thinking that, like, we probably got the best possible stuff logically out of it? I tend to agree. I would be more than happy to go to a different area unless any of these give us information. I mean, I'm down to be done and maybe, like, come back if we hit a wall. Uh, sure. So we checked cells three, four, and five. I'm going to mark them off on my map. Great. So then I guess we would follow so far as back I can to tell, 68. Back to 68, yes. So that'll take us to the opening of the dungeon room that got us here. To the south, there's another corridor. And to the west, there's another corridor. Yes. Let's go to probably west, I guess. 100? Sure, sure. On the even hundo. Trouble! The corridor runs west into a guard room. And east, 68. Housing three of the most unpleasant looking guards you've ever seen. But they were obviously men at one time, but the curse seems to have gotten to them, and they are now covered in fungus like the castle itself. This does absolutely nothing to improve their appearance. Or their temper come to that. Since you may have, since they have leapt forward to attack you fiercely, you may, however, bribe one or more of them at a thousand gold pieces each. Oh boy. 
Assuming you have loot and they accept it. So if you can't and or don't want to bribe, you have to fight them all. They start kind of five or better for plus three and have 25 life points. If you kill all the guards, return to 68 or east to 82. Mm. So we do have the ability to move beyond this guard room, but only if we fight them. Let's do it. Let's do it. Excellent. Uh, roll initiative for the first of these fun gourd guards. One. Four. We're going to be going first. Uh, EJ immediately leaps into the fray. Uh, they're in our way. And strikes for a total of eight damage to the first of these guards, taking them down to 17 HP remaining. First one goes, and does not hit with a four. Perfect. Ooh, that's a nine on response. Don't we have like 15 uh, health? A total of 10 damage. Uh, 37 at the moment. Oh. Oh, dang. <laughs> that was the two rests and the one charge of the healing wand. Yeah. Uh, okay, another attack. It is a six, which is a hit uh, for five, assuming we have no armor. Uh, for four, is it not? Wait. Strikes on a five or better and plus three, so I think he does four damage. Oh, shoot, you're right. I was, like, I was like, five, six. That's two. I have great news about this first guard. Is he dead style? He's, well... He's now rotting more vigorously than before. Did we knock him out on five? Oh, no, no, no. We absolutely murdered him, but, you know, he's covered nope. in mushrooms. It, what state of, of someone covered in mushrooms is dead? Is it not yeah. just living differently? That's true. Uh, I rolled an eight, so that's a six damage. Oof. Down at 27 HP on us, and striking at the second guard now. Oh! Uh, the uh, EJ is stuck fiercely inside the skull of the first guard, and it takes a turn to prize him loose. Ooh. Oh, boy, and it struck him true. He's uh, got a snake eyes. That was the same as we had previously. Eh, you learn from the best. EJ swings for a total of seven damage this time, and then he's down on 18 HP from their original. Retaliates with a whopping four. These guys aren't very good. <gasps> oh, I love a four. It's true. It's, it's oh. as close as it can get to being nothing on these guys. It's nice. Uh, that's right, another seven back in their direction for a very similar result to before. That's three above plus five. Uh, they're down to a total of 10 HP points remaining. Any strike will do it. Uh, the luck has run out a little. That is a 10. So that is a eight damage. Yes, yes it is. Taking us down to 19. Oh! It's good that any hit will do it, because we hit for exactly five to make this uh, mycological guard unconscious. Alright, next one. So angry, a little too angry, gets a three and misses completely. Ooh. Uh, in their fury, they've opened themselves up to a brutal attack. A ten is uh, six plus five, eleven damage taking the enemy down straight to 14 uh, on their way to 14. 
Oh. Yeah, that is definitely a strike of three. That's six damage. We're not looking uh, we're not looking that great. We're down on 13 HP ourselves at this point. Oh god. <gasps> but a uh the opposite, the furthest you can possibly get from a snake eyes is enough mm. to incapacitate our remaining foe. Uh with eight plus five, thirteen. Yep, eight plus five, thirteen. They are left on one HP. Should we one blast our head? I think we should one blast our head. That's a four. Which means we don't want to blast us. our head. You want to uh, help? Nine HP. <laughs> to 22. I really want to just keep doing it. It's literally just like Russian roulette. <laughs> uh, I'm doing it. Four. I made the judgment call. I love it. That's an 11, baby. That's a, that's a solid heal. We're up on 33. Let, let this be a lesson to you, kids. Something. <laughs> Always play Russian roulette. You never lose. <laughs> I mean, what? You win or you die? Yeah. You won't be embarrassed. You'll be dead. Worst case, you'll just come back to this page. Start of the section. Oh, no. Oh no. Uh, oh, no. Move west to 82. Oh, we absolutely need to, yes. Uh, we've gained three experience from uh, the slaughter of these three guards. Stairs going up, Pip. This is always an exciting find. And sometimes even as dangerous as scares going down. If you want to climb these stairs, go to 102. Otherwise, back up. Uh, I'm down to 102. <gasps> the stairs emerge into an open hallway, empty of anything nasty. Or anything nice, for that matter. And with exits north, south, west, and east. Oh my, okay. 128. 136. 145 and 100. We've been to none, theoretically. Uh, we have been to 100, I'm almost certain. Really? What was 100? That would be back down the stairs into the guardroom. You're right. Just didn't mark that one down. Alright. Uh, north is 128. Let's do it. 128. You're in a corridor running north and south. Torches have been set in the wall brackets so you can see a long way. There are three openings in the western wall and one towards the northern end of the eastern wall. These places can get confusing without a map, Pip. The first opening on the western wall will take you to 148. The second may be reached on 154. Third on 110 if you decide to, to go via the eastern opening. Turn to 113. You can continue north to 131. Uh, there's so much of this in this book. <laughs> there is indeed. There is indeed. It's uh, slightly unfortunate, but uh, I will attempt to... Uh, with your uh, able assistance, uh, make this a, a digestible experience for those yeah. listening, um, which I think is is very easily handled uh, in in some fashions by our favoring of both north and east. Yeah, I am mapping this unclear. for what it's worth. Well, I mean, is it unclear? There is a north, but oh, there's also an east. North. Uh, we could continue north on this corridor past all of these rooms to oh, thirty one. Or we could go to the uh, singular entrance on the eastern wall at one uh, 113. I'm on 131. Let's do it. 
The corridor runs northwards for quite a distance before ending in a flight of stone steps leading downwards. There's no torches on the walls here, and the section of the corridor is very gloomy indeed. From the dark depths at the bottom of the steps, you can hear a peculiar sound, similar in some respects to the bloop of bubbles rising from a swamp. Not sure I like the sound of that, Pip, but if you want to go down those stairs, you may do so on 195, or you can always backtrack to 128. I mean, hmm. I mean, we're like on the hunt for things. We are. Do we feel like we're going back into the dungeon to look for things, or further away? I'm happy to go. This to is one. still north. I'm happy to go 195 and exhausted. And if we die, we die. Cautiously, oh, you descend. That's so gruesome. Was that? Uh, there's <sighs> there's a page that depicts what would happen if you rolled a six on the uh, on the healing wand. Oh. <laughs> Cautiously, you descend the stairs, EJ at the ready. As you do so, the curious blooping noise increases, and a stifling pong assails your nostrils. You notice the walls of the staircase are covered in the same rotted fungus you saw in the exterior of the castle. Nonetheless, you persevere, and as you reach the 13th step, the fungus begins to glow, casting a pale, eerie light. Go back. A voice ahead calls weakly, but weak or not, it sounds familiar. Go back. Calls a different voice equally weak and familiar. Please go back, cries a female voice. We, oui. adds yet another voice weakly. Vous must aller backwards. And that voice, breaking intermittently into his native French, is absolutely recognizable as belonging to the brave hero Sir Lancelot du Lac. Ignoring the advice, you take one more step downwards and suddenly all is revealed. The staircase leads into a pit-like chamber. Virtually filled with oozing fungus and trapped like flies in the glue is the entirety of the company at the table round. King Arthur, Queen Guinevere, Lancelot, Pelinor, Galahad, Percival, Mordred, and the rest all up to their necks in the fungus looking looking in a maggoty bad order. One step more and you're in the fungus yourself, Pip, but if you want to plunge in for a lunatic rescue attempt, turn to 203. Or if you'd like to check it out, turn to 157. Which, I mean, we've not been. Everyone's right? telling us that this is a bad idea. I'm assuming we cause their doom or our own should we proceed. I'm assuming that. You're probably right. Uh, yeah. I'm curious, because, yeah, one the reason I'm curious to go to 157, the chick, quote-unquote chicken out page, is because it actually leads us to somewhere we've never been. I I would love to go to the chicken out page. Oh, okay. All right. Chicken out, it's, then. It's, bark, it's, bark, 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 it's bark. the one I would prefer, as the the alternative appears to be uh, almost certainly death. All right. 157. What's happened here, your majesty? Oh, we're not even running. Okay. You call, not going back as instructed, but not going forward either. We have been trapped by the castle. By the curse, sorry. Gasps the king. It's okay, he's sick. <laughs> if you attempt to rescue us now... You will surely die. Our only hope is for you to go back and try to break the curse. So Stephen King's can be wrong. You may still leap in and try and rescue at 203, but if you think it's wise to go back, you may retrace to 128. I believe him. Mm-hmm. He hasn't lied yet. It's true. One, so I guess we retrace back to 128, it says. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is the landing of the upper floor from the dungeon, where north we found three uh, bracketed uh, entrances on the west and one on the east in the northern corridor. All right. 
Western 160-148. Second, 154. Third, 110-110. Eastern opening, 113. That's the next one that we like. Mm-hmm. Why does it sound familiar? I don't know. It's probably because we just came from 131. It's yeah. it's just transposition, baby. The corridor runs east and west, forming a T-junction at its western end, with another corridor and ending in a gloomy flight of stone steps leading downwards at the eastern end. You can walk west, go west to the T-corridor at 128, but if you want to risk going down those gloomy steps, go to 175. Been to seventy five, right? We've not trying to. We've not been to one seventy five, have we? Have we? This is interesting. The corridor runs east west, but it must have started here, forming a T jump. Oh, one twenty eight would just take us back to yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. This does make sense. Never mind. I am incorrect. Um, I do think we haven't been to one seventy five though. All right, let's uh, go. I think it's a new, different part of the underground. It's a new bad idea. You've entered a narrow corridor with steps leading upwards at the western end and a dead-end blank wall to the east. Climbing the steps takes you back, takes you to 113. Trying to walk through the blank wall will probably take you to a hospital with a severe headache, but if you want to search for a secret door in it, you can do so at 186. Uh, <laughs> oh, never mind, thank you. I'm going to walk away. That's my impression of not me. Yeah. Diligently, you examine the wall, your nose only inches from the stonework. Throw under a 6, and you can't find any door in the wall, in which case, turn to 175. Throw a 6 or better, and a one-way door opens up, allowing you to direct assets. So that has to be a two-roll die. It has to be. Throw a 6 or better. It's only possible on two die. I got a 7. Oh, that's better. Yeah. One way. It's a one-way passage as well, uh, worth noting, so... 115. I'll depict that on my maps in so far as I can. 115. You drop down almost five feet into a chamber so small it's more like a cupboard, but a narrow flight of stone steps leads upwards from the southeastern corner. Since there's nowhere else to go, you climb these steps. Which are very shallow and seem to go on forever. Until you reach a trapdoor above you, you unfasten the fixings of the door and climb up into a corridor. The trapdoor slams securely shut behind you, leaving you stuck it seems on page 75, which we have been to, mm. which is the door which, page. Uh, That's what Yes, exactly. That is that is our uh, cells. All right. Well, that path is exhausted I mean, at the very least. Now that we've, because we're in a one-way direction, we have to navigate backwards. We do have like a, a you know cogent path that we could take back to pretty much any location here. But while we're here, what if we just rumble another one of these cells? It's on you. Uh, cell two, please. What's behind door number two, Alex? The de- cell door swings back quickly as you reach the boat. You stare into the confines of a 10 by 10 dungeon in which lurks nothing. Nothing <gasps> at all. What an anticlimax and what sort of idiot bars an empty cell? Frantically, you search it. But your first impression was correct. There's nothing here at all. If you don't count three comes of moldy cheese in the corner. So far gone that even rats won't touch it. Better return to 75 to select another option. All right. Well, that was easy. We'll open one every time we are forced back to 75. How about that? Boom. <laughs> exactly sounds great to me. Uh, do we want to go back to any of our available locations, or would we like to go south along the dungeon corridor? South along the dungeon corridor. 
Mm. So if we left this room and then immediately went south down the corridor, that is the only unexplored uh, area in the dungeon so far as we're aware at the moment. Or we could go back through the guard tower, go up through the three steps in order to get back yeah. to the previous floor and let's, explore anywhere. Let's do that for now and ex and try and exhaust the that like the fingers, the final fingers of that path seem right sure, sure. to me. So, that's so one, that was for going back upstairs? Yeah. Cool, cool. 128. So we have all of the Western choices still available to us. Uh, and those are the, I believe, only unique choices we now have at 128. All right. We need to pick a favorite number between one, two, and three, because that's another thing that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. I have a strong feeling about two. Me too. All right, great. Two's our hey! number. North, east, and two. That's our <laughs> that's our MO. Uh so second may be reached on 154. The corridor runs west until it makes a T juncture with another corridor running north and south. Directly opposite you cross the north-south corridor is a door. If you want a fuller picture of the corridor, north-south corridor, turn to 163. Which have we been? I don't think so. If you can live Should without knowing and want to try that door, go to 180. So. Well, I mean, we don't need to try that door in order to check out the uh, the north-south of it all. Yeah. Go to 163. Huh. The corridor runs north or south, joins a corridor running east-west. T-junctions at both its north northern and southern end and approximately mid midway through the eastern wall the branch corridor runs eastward somewhere near the northern end the west wall another branch corridor runs westward there's also two doors in the western wall one opposite the branch corridor to the east and another to the furthest to the south sorry it's just a third of the pages <laughs> confusing isn't it should you wish to enter the east-west corridor turn to 148 if you prefer to explore the east-west corridor turn to 110 branch corridor running east 154 branch corridor running west 111 furthermore store to the northwest wall takes you 189 the door to the same wall further equals 119 if you want to go anywhere else from here you're gonna to have to dig or fly interesting that's that feels like it's relevant to something but who knows uh, Somewhere near the northern end, in the west wall, another branch corridor runs westwards. There's also two doors in the western wall, one opposite the branch corridor to the east, and the other a little further south. So I'm I'm losing the trail as soon as we get that many uh, different instructions at the same period of time, uh, but it seems like two of these corridors uh, run back to the rooms in the other side. However... It is possible the game is doing something where it's trying to hide one of those three in and amongst these descriptions of one of these actually doesn't continue through to the wall or one of the doors on the other side doesn't actually go into these hallways. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, I look at this and my eyes glaze over. There's so many options and they're all just directions. So mm -hmm. explore the east-west corridor to the north one eleven. Yeah, I mean, north is the only word I... Oh, and that's... I see. These are the options that we... Yeah, that we had on the last page. Gotcha. 148 and 110 are options on the last page as well. So 154... Yes, those are the east-west corridors yeah, that yeah, appear yeah, to yeah. have connected to the other one. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So there's 154, 111, 189, and 119. So... The northernmost door, door, that door on the western wall turns to 189. How about that? That's a north that's takes us somewhere. 
189. Slightly understand. Somewhere nearer the northern end, in the west wall, another branch corridor runs westwards. There's also two doors in the western wall, one opposite the branch corridor to the east, and the other a little further south. I'm I'm starting to lose the thread on this, so let's just go to 189. All right. Uh. Uh. I'm almost certain that is uh, not the uh, correct one. Yep. Interesting. Uh, that's not right. Huh. Well, let's hope that that's not important. So 163. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, I. I will make a very slight editor's note at this point that uh, one of the reviews I read about this book said that <clears throat> some things actually don't connect and some things uh, don't logically work. So uh, if we encounter something like that, we may have to work around the edges. For the moment, though. Yeah. You pick a page. You pick a page. Hmm. The door in the same wall further south leads to 119. Let's go to the other door that we can't. Or rather, that we didn't. Which is... <clears throat> 119. Alright. Good grief, there's a two-headed dog in here. Great, er, ugly brute it is, too, with eyes like saucers and savage fangs. Fortunately, it's securely chained to a, chained to a metal spike driven into the center of the floor. A little beyond the brute is a wooden chest, possibly chock-a-block with treasure, or perhaps even containing the mirror shield of the Uther Pendragon. Problem being, of course, whether you're nosy enough to risk the dog in order to find out what's in that chest. If not, you can always step back to 163. If you want to make a move towards the chest, 191. Sounds like 191. It I could mean, have it. the mirror shield. I mean, it just said that it might, so it probably doesn't, but it could. Yeah, exactly. You take a step forward. Hold it! Says one head of the dog. Oh, come on, Stanley! Growls the other head. Just let the adventurer have a look at the chest! Certainly not, Charles! Snaps the first head. It's our job to guard it. I don't see why, Stanley. There's nothing valuable inside. No bones, no biscuits, not even a rubber ball to play with. You're far too frivolous, Charles. Snarls head Stanley. All you can do is think of eating and playing. Where's your sense of duty? Excuse me? You put in hesitantly. Both heads swing back towards you. I, I never met a talking dog before. You frown. Or one with two heads either, for that matter. You must have led a very sheltered existence, remarks Head Charles. Not really, you reply. But since you can talk, I wonder if you'd allow me to have a quick look in the chest. I'd hate to have to kill you to get to it. Both heads begin to giggle. <laughs> kill us? Uh, you gotta be joking, Head Stanley adds. We ate a dragon for breakfast. You ate a dragon for breakfast, you greedy pig, exclaims Head Charles. You wouldn't let me get anywhere near it! No, I didn't! Exclaims Head Stanley. Share and share alike is my motto. You know that. I know nothing of the sort. Let me tell you. Are you going to stand here all day listening to this silly mutt squabble with itself? Or are you going to take the opportunity of creeping past it with a sneaky look in the chest? Unless you want to leave it to 163. Which uh, you're perfectly entitled to do. Roll two dice, score three or better, and go to 200, score under three. Which only leaves you with two. And go to 155. Huh? I mean, surely we uh, take the sneaky opportunity. Yeah, I guess. And I got a three. Perfect. That's three. enough. Three or better and we go to page 200. 200. And what about the day you...
To the sound of a two-headed dog arguing with itself in the background, you creep, creep quietly into the room and gently open the lid of the chest. I did nothing of the sort, Stanley. You, on the other hand... There's a skeleton in the chest, and an animated skeleton at that. It raises one skeletal hand and places a bony finger on its lips. Or at least to where its lips would be, if it had any. It whispers. What are you doing in here? You whisper to the skeleton. Hiding from that stupid dog. What do you think I'm doing? Hisses the skeleton. Is there anything else in there with you? You ask quietly. A, a mirrored shield, for example? I'm afraid not, whispers the skeleton. The best I have to offer is a minor amulet of destruction, mad for short, which adds five points to any damage you score for the first blow of a combat, but doesn't do anything thereafter. It's good for four fights, and you're very welcome to it. Thank you. You say politely to the skeleton, taking the minor amulet of destruction, which seems to be of Roman manufacture. You close the lid of the chest carefully. Okay. I mean, for what it's worth, uh, Stanley was wrong. There are bones in this chest. It's true. Okay. Back to 163, the page from hell. Um, the branch corner running westwards is at 111. All right, let's just go with 111. How about that? How about that? Uh, let's do it. Just, I don't know. This corridor runs east-west, forming a T-junction with the north-south running corridors at both of its ends. The western junction may be reached as 171. The other is at 163. So 171, have we been there? No? no. God, there's so many things to look at now. I mean, let's go there. Let's exhaust it, I guess. Do it. For the love of God. This corridor runs north-south, turning east at both ends. There's a branch corridor running east, about 10 feet south of the northern turning. It may be entered at 111. The northern corridor running east is 110. Southern is 148. Okay. So this is just a different way to get to... Okay. It's a different way to get to the other places we can already get to. So let's mm -hmm. just maybe mentally... Yeah. Block it off. Go to... Have we been to... We've been to 154, right? Yes. Good God. So that does just leave us with 110 and 148 on this branch anyways. I mean, right? we're closer to 148 right now. Let's do 148. Oh, boy. The corridor runs due west, eventually turns north, but before that happens, you notice a branch corridor running north as well. Uh, 171 and 163 are both the pages we can get to, but we've already been to those, so that's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. So let's head back the uh, way we came and then head to page 110. All right. This corridor runs due west, eventually turns south. About halfway along, there's a branch corridor running south. 171. Okay, great. It's just, it's, yeah. Wait, that chops us off of like almost everything. There's 154. So if we go to 154, we still have the option to go to 180 to try yes, the if, door. If Yes, exactly. All right. Try that. I suspect what happened there is we selected very well with our initial door there to avoid uh, the, the puzzle to find this door. Yeah. What a curious room. There's a diagram of it on page 205. The floor is marble tiled with a mosaic border running all the way around. Immediately in the front door is a row of three giant pumpkins cut out with grinning faces like Halloween, Halloween lanterns. I love that. Towards the far end of the room, you can see two massive marble pillars carved in the shape of a gigantic question mark. It, it, oh, wait, 
two, both carved into gigantic question marks. Inlaid into the floor before the pillars is a vast... And ominous... Skull and crossbones. Flanking the symbol are two fine examples of an extremely rare, long-tailed Manx Felix Terribus. Possibly the most dangerous of all the cat family, including the saber-toothed tigers. Squatting behind the pillars, unmindful of the fearsome cats, is a cute little bunny wearing a pink jacket and waving at you in a friendly manner. But the most interesting thing of all is the stone arm emerging from the far left-hand corner of the wall, for this arm is attached to a stone hand which grasps, grasps a large leather purse on which someone has drawn the universally recognizable symbol of the Goldsmiths Guild, indicating the purse contains a lot of loot. There is, however, a problem here. If you want to reach the purse, you can make your way through the pillars and past the friendly bunny, but this involves stepping on the inlaid skull and crossbones on 193. If you feel happier avoiding the skull and crossbones, you're forced to try and get past the fearsome Manx cats on 165 or the right hand one at 116, or you can forget about the purse and leave the room at 163 and even try munching on one of the pumpkins on 140. Okay. Uh, so, step one, 180. Let's look at the... I'm going to look at the map on 205. <laughs> it looks like an MS Paint dry. It's so good. It's so it's good. It's so it good. It looks like clip art. Like, I think it might be. Yeah! It's, it's like the clip art from the very first version of Word. Exactly. It's so... Oh, my God. It's so good. Okay. What the hell do we do with this information? Also, I love that we got I a picture think... of this because it doesn't necessarily add anything to our context. Yeah, exactly. It's it's almost entirely useless, except for in demonstrating that we could not just, you know, edge past anything. But the game tells you what pages to go to, so it could have dictated that anyway. All this, uh, I think we should uh, munch one of these pumpkins because it's the least intimidating option, and I think it's possible that we might imbue ourselves with resistance sure so that is on 140 let me just write down a couple of these 193 165 oh my god 116 163 which we've been and then 140 all right on to 140 to eat some pumpkins and you bite a piece of the nearest pumpkin which promptly bites you back removing seven life points from your leg all right that's eh, that. Fair enough. Go back to 180. <laughs> that makes sense. Left hand one. Should we go for the 165, the left hand cat, because it's where the hand on the wall is? Sounds good to me. 165. But that's also probably the logical one, which is probably why it's going to be punished. As you approach the left hand. Wait, what is this thing called? Uh, a Manx, the Felix Terribles. It stands up, stretches lazily, and hands you a printed card. And on it are the words, I am obliged to inform you that I am trained in karate and that my hands and feet are registered with the authorities as dangerous weapons. Signed, Left Hand Felix Terribles. Are you sure you want to tackle a trained karate cat? If so, turn to 135. But we can also try something else at 180. What if we, uh, what if we interrogated the other cat? Sure. Let's see. Right hand one is 116. As you approach the right hand, the Manx, it stands up, stretches lazily, and hands you a pretty card. On it are the words. I am obliged to inform you that I am trained in karate, and my hands and feet are registered with the authorities as dangerous weapons. Signed, right hand Felix Terribles. 
135, it takes us to the exact same page for what it's worth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think we should uh, tackle a Karate Cat then. I guess so. Asu! Screams Karate Cat, voicing the ancient Manx war cry and moving with the lightning rapidity, it leaps into the air to deliver a vicious dropkick to your throat. So quickly, indeed, that it gets the first strike, causing five points of damage. If you die, go, okay. All right, has 50 life points, strikes on a four or better, doing plus three. We're going to die. Yeah, probably. It has about uh, double HP to us. We're on 21. It's on 50. We do hit for a plus five on our first blow, should we use the minor amulet. Or we could kind of, you know, play with the re- uh, with the uh, reasonable mindset that we probably die in this fight. Mm. Yeah, it strikes on a four or better, which we do know is basically, like, almost all the time. Yeah, if we had any damage mitigation, like any armor, I would be much, 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 much keener on this. Mm. All right, well, and it's too late to shoot yourself in the head with the heal wand. Yeah, maybe we should have done that. Alas. Huh. All right, well, well, I guess let's give it a go. So you took the five already. What are we at? Uh, 21 okay. after the five was taken. All right. And that was its first strike. That was so its that means first it's strike. our turn to respond. And uh, with Meyer Amulet, we do a total of 13 damage on our first strike, taking the enemy mm. straight to 37. That's a very true hit. First number's a one. <gasps> Second number's a two! Ooh, that doesn't hit, baby. That just needs to keep happening every time. Uh, could you uh, force the dice to roll that way, please? Thank you. I'll try. I mean, I could. I could just pick it up and put it right back down. One. Oh, that actually turned it to a second. Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Before turning to the next stage, place to die. If you have placed above a six, <laughs> uh, we do six damage to the enemy, taking them down to 31. They're no longer double our HP at this point. First die is a one. <gasps> second die is a four. Hey. So that's, that's a five, though. So it could be worse. That's a that's four damage. Could be worse. Could be a lot worse, certainly. We're down now to 17 HP remaining on ourselves. What does EJ have to say about this? Ooh, a fair bit. Mouth off, EJ. Let him have it. Uh, that's a nine on the roll for another 10 straight to the enemy. They're on 21, the HP that oh they God. left us on after their initial rude strike. This is closer than I would have anticipated. First roll is a... Okay, well, it's a three. That's not... Good start. Okay. Well, that is a seven, which is six damage. Dead. Down to 11 HP ourselves. We it do not want to get hit again. That's that's the average result. That's a seven. It's still something. Uh, three, eight. Eight damage total here, taking the enemy down to 13. If they don't hit this turn, we're great. If they hit for very got, little damage this turn, we're okay. I got a one. Great start. <gasps> this is okay. I'm, all, I'm using up all of our luck. And snake guys. Yeah. I swear to all that is a uh, cat because I love cats. So let's kill this cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I also now need not to roll lower than a four, otherwise uh, everything's kind of back in jeopardy. You better not. Oh, uh, that's an eight. That's an eight total, which is four above base value for a total of plus five. That leaves the enemy on four HP remaining. They are oh unconscious. 
I rolled a four on my next one. Okay, there it is. Which that that would was not an eleven. Have taken us out. Then this is an eleven. Okay, so I. Dang. Perfect. Yeah, just I'm rolling low right now when I'm needing to roll low, except for that one that was an eleven. Now that you are rolling low, though, maybe you should uh, roll one Shoot to five for a healing a... charge. That's a five. No, <laughs> no, no shot to the to the dome. I'm doing Ooh, it again. for an eleven HP heal. That's a four. Should I keep four on going? Eight. Have I used up the magic? What do you think? Uh, it, there is no using up the magic of this one. Uh, for no, eight, I mean six, two. I mean eight total. I mean the low roll magic. Was that a was that a two? Yep. And now I think I'm done pushing my luck. Cool, cool. Uh, that leaves us then on 35 out of 42. That's not... <laughs> this wand is great. I mean, and it's... The funny thing is it's basically like this, the sleep time, but <laughs> it just feels yep. great because it's so quick. It's so snappy. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, it hasn't punished us yet, even though it definitely can. <laughs> So it's a good. The second we roll a six, then it's bad, and I hate it, and I never want to touch it again. Mm-hmm. But until such a time, no possibility of doing so. Yep. We can go to the stone arm on 169. Well, you made it. The stone arm growing out of the wall opens its hand as you approach, allowing the purse to fall. With an interesting clink of golden coins. On the floor. Swiftly you scoop it up, greedily you rip it open, delightfully you discover it contains no less than a thousand bright new gold pieces and a small white pill. Undoubtedly you will take the gold, but if you wish to swallow the pill, you should turn now or later to 183, otherwise make your way back to 163. Uh, I mean, do you wanna? Um, maybe we should talk to the cat first, just in case this would otherwise tell us, uh, teleport us away. No, wait. Otherwise, make your way back to 160. Oh, never mind. I don't even get to stay in this room. Oh. I mean, we'll take the thousand gold. That's fine. Not all bad. All right. Let's. So that brings us to the situation where we. Huh? Are we done? No. Oh, we, uh, we'd, so we'd go there all are... the way down to 102, wouldn't we? Uh. Oh, boy. Yeah. We've exhausted everything except for back down the stairs, way far back. We have 136 and 145 left. Mm-hmm. So... I'll happily take either. I'll say 136. 136. This corridor runs southwards for perhaps 50 feet before you notice signs of recent construction work. As you move a little further, you see the corridor has been carefully blocked using rough stone and mortar, while just before the blockage, a chute has been constructed, plunging downwards into darkness. On the wall besides the chute, someone has hastily scrawled a series of numbers. 14, 5, 5, 20, 18, 21, 15, 6, 15, 20, 19, 4, 8, 15, 23, 42, 5, 20, 21, 8, 3, 19, 9, 8, 20. Huh. Which might represent technical instructions to the building w builders, or might not. Meanwhile, you have the choice of sliding down the chute to 197, or returning to 102 to select another direction. So, this Anything is uh, very clearly a direct substitution uh, oh, of the, the number for its... Yeah, exactly. Uh, which, unfortunately, I don't immediately just have a, a decoder for. Uh, let me see if I can just find one randomly. This shoot... What? This shoot leads to 14, is what it says. 
Oh. So, which might represent instructions. Meanwhile, you have your choice of sliding down the chute to 197 or returning to 102. So, I'm going to say we don't go down to the chute. How does it say this chute leads to... Backwards. Uh... Yeah, it's it's numbers to letters and then you flip it backwards. Got it. I found it. Well done. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, one... let's return to 102 and then take the other available path. The corridor runs west for perhaps 100 feet before ending on, in a door which a notice states prominently... Uh, sorry, which page is this on? 145. Sorry. 145. Thank you kindly. 145, 145, 145. Ah. Danger. Keep it. You may, of course, ignore this warning by opening the door on 177 or backtrack to 102. We don't have anywhere else to go. Sorry, bud. It's got to be 177. I'll meet you in there. Ka-ping. It's a spear trap. There's what? There's nothing behind the door but a blank wall into which has been uh, set a cunning spring-loaded mechanism which launches a spear at anybody daft enough to open the door. Okay. You take 2d6 of damage. Oh, not necessarily, which uh, leaves us oh, with yeah, the question yeah. of whether or not we're skilled. Oh, oh! Oh, seven or better and the spear misses you. And it does. Great. But the only available option is to return to 102. Which has me very confused. So I will say... Uh, that is this corridor path here. Uh, I guess we technically got the white pill out of exploring this area as well. Um, that That's this corridor path here, whereas if we go back out to 163 and then head south, we end up in yet a, another less explored area. What is that area? Uh, so that is the t- uh, the uh, full crossroad junction that we came to after ascending from the guards in the dungeon. Which number? Do you know? Uh, so e- everything I got marked off, basically. I Everything pretty much since we've entered the castle, I have crossed out right now. Uh, well, I know 100 was the guard tower, so uh, the guard room, so it's wherever that leads to. Uh, move west to 82 stairs going up and those stairs lead to 102 as i might have assumed which we have exhausted uh no we haven't so the northern exit from here is what leads to the entire uh, mess whereas 128 136 and 145 are the two pages we just did that i that i brought us to oh right apologies apologies i didn't understand that that's where where we were yeah uh yeah then that does <laughs> hmm. are we supposed to just leave i mean the last place that this... we have that has pages we haven't been is the dungeon where there's uh two cells that we haven't done as well as the southern original option interesting i mean if we go to uh the dungeon downstairs uh we can head to 68 which has a southern path uh so that would be immediately after we left the dungeon cell that we broke into canalot through uh Leaving that door and heading left, which takes south, would be to 91. I'll just say yes. All right. Uh, corridor runs north-south, ending in a flight of gloomy sta- stone steps at its southern end. 
the downward into darkness, broken by the barest flicker of dull red light somewhere below. Taking the steps down leads you to 81, which we have not been. Mm-hmm. Ton of beam. This is even below the dungeon. So, back. All right. 81. In we go. Nasty. It's a torch chamber. The dull red glow you saw is coming from the charcoal brazier, which is various branding irons and metal pincers stuck into it, and it's already red hot. Chains and manacles hanging from the wall. There's a cabinet full of thumb screws, cat of nine tails, whips, clubs, canes, vicious canister, of itching powder. The center of the chamber rack is an increase for increasing people's height alarmingly, and over by the east wall is an Iron Maiden closed and bolted. It is the Iron Maiden which attracts your immediate attention. The unpleasant device is sort of an upright coffin with huge sharp spikes in the lid facing inwards. Anyone put in the Iron Maiden will normally prefer to leave the door open, since if it shuts, the spikes reduce the life points at a fearsome rate of knots, usually sending the occupants swiftly to 14. Which, by the sound of the groans emerging from within, is precisely what this particular Iron Maiden is doing right now. Standing before the Iron Maiden, chuckling evilly to himself, is a muscular individual in a leather apron and a hood mask, with fortunately, his back turned to you. Since King Arthur was never one for torture, you might conclude this whole depressing business is a pretty new addition to Camelot, possibly the result of the curse. But new or not, you will have to make a decision about what to do with the poor twit groaning in the Iron Maiden. You can leap bravely to the Iron Maiden and the giggling hooded muscle man at 96 or creep quietly back up the steps to 91. Well, obviously wait. we got to take wait. this man out to 91. Oh, is that right? I guess maybe probably. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's 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 correct. That's the top of 81, the slide of stairs. 81, 91. So 96 because we might as well. We're desperate for impactful choices. Not unexpectedly, he... Wait, question before this. What do we have for health? Mm. Uh, 35. We're doing well. Let's go. Not unexpectedly, he stopped giggling and is turning towards you, a vicious chain mace dangling from his right hand. What have we here? He asks rhetorically. A fresh, young, handsome adventurer come to give <laughs> old Boris a little entertainment, eh? A brave little hero wants to make his name by hacking up the famous hooded torturer of Camelot. A foolish individual seeking to rescue the hapless victim of a dreaded Iron Maiden. What? Yikes! The last remark arose because the old windbag talked so much he managed to get in the first blow with EJ, neatly removing seven of his life points. Even so, it's not going to be a particularly easy fight. Boris, the famous torturer of Camelot, has 30 points, minus the seven he already locked off. Seven and hits on a five or better with the lethal lethal mace doing plus five, every bit as much as EJ himself. If you survive the encounter, you may open the Iron Maiden on seventy-eight. If All not, right. you may open your eyes at page fourteen. Oh my god! Let's do it. So, do I roll initiative on that? No. So we got the first strike. So it's now your turn. Well, I would have got initiative anyways because he rolled crazy style. Uh, that is a six, which I'm pretty sure is damage yes six that's total damage that six is six damage mm -hmm. all right all right all right let's see if we can use ej to parry this lethal mace and mm. oh boy not only can we we can repost with quite a flurry uh, it's it's a quick uh, series of three blows as we roll an 11 and do seven plus five for 12 total damage taking the hooded assailant down to 11 my god Swings back with a mighty five. Doing five damage. Ooh. I like this guy's hit on a five doing plus five. I like it because it makes the math easy. 
It really does. If only eat well, actually, I don't want EJ to be harder to hit. EJ connects uh, for three plus. Yep, enemy is now unconscious. Seemed kind of like a pushover. Seemed uh, a lot like a pushover, yeah. 30 health is nothing, especially if you give us a free seven. If you survive the encounter, you may open the Iron Maiden on page 78. You step across the prostrate body of the famous torturer of Camelot, carefully using his head as a stepping stone and approaching the Iron Maiden. Pitiful groans still emerge from within, which is probably a good sign since it suggests whoever's in there is still alive. The famous torturer, who is obviously a man with a sense of humor despite his leather apron, since he has given the Iron Maiden a whimsical name, Frida. You know this because it's engraved on a brass plaque set into the door of the device. The actual words read, Hi, I'm an Iron Maiden. My name is Frida. Stop reading stupid notices and get me out of here! Calls a hollow voice from within. But as you reach forward the op to open the lid of the cabinet, suddenly you realize this is easier said than done. It's firmly secured by a combination lock. Get me out! Get me out! Shrieks the voice from within. You ignore it and bend forward to examine the lock, which is numbered 1 to 9. Your experience tells you it must be a su simple two-figure combination to release the lock. But which two figures and in what order? When and if you discover the two figures that will open Frida, add 100 to them and turn to the section that it indicates. If you fail to figure it out, your only option is return. What? Where can we even go? Frida. Does that tell us anything? I'm an Iron Maiden. My name is Frida. Lock is lumbered one to nine. I don't know. I can only suppose that there must be contiguous to us uh, a different uh, a, a different way to get this information. Two of the only ways I can think of are both cells. If we would like to scurry up to the north and check the final cells. Sure, I guess so. 75. So we have cell 1, which is 89, and cell 6, 139. So let's start with 89. The cell door swings back creakily as you release the bolt. You stare into the confines of a 10x10 10 10 dungeon in which lurks three fungoid zombies. You've never seen such hideous creatures. Pip, zombies are bad enough, but fungoid zombies. The mold holds together the bits that would normally have fallen off and gives them extra strength in any fight. They do not, however, move any faster than ordinary zombies. So there's a chance you might be able to slam the door shut again if you want to avoid a fight. If you don't want to avoid a fight... And there's no accounting for taste. Go directly to 84. If you want to try slamming the door, roll one die, four or more, and go to 103. Huh. Score four or less, go to 85. What do you think? I mean, regardless of what I think, I think we should uh, heal before we uh, take any of these options, as we're currently on 24 health. Five. That's <laughs> <laughs> 11. Keep on, getting a, keep on getting a five. Those would be safe dream times, too. Uh, we're yeah. up to 35 HP. I feel a little bit more confident here. I do think that if we want to explore entirely, uh, it would be uh, killing them, right? Yeah, I think we kill them. 84. 84. Each fungoid zombie has a horrifying 24, 22 life points. It's on a 6 or better for plus 3. And will strangle you to death on a natural 12. Survive this mess, go to 105. Alright, don't critis then. Just don't critis. Okay. Uh, uh, initiative initiative four. Four as well. It's a push. Oh, five. Four. Well. Hell yeah. Uh, do we want to use the minor amulet for plus five damage on the first blow of this fight? Uh, probably since instant death is on the line. Sounds good. 
I'm pretty happy about as well because we're going to do 11 damage with our first strike, taking the enemy down to 11 remaining. That is a five, which is, if I remember correctly, not even a hit. Nope. Not at all for them. Hell yeah. Come on, execution. That'll do it. First zombie down. Pop. That's the sound it makes. Mm -hmm. Next one gets a six, which is a three damage. 32 HP remain on us. Ooh, another 9 straight to the enemy. Love a 9. That's a, a 10 in damage. Right. Strikes back with a 6, which is another annoying 3. Down to 29 HP ourselves. And the return is, unfortunately, I don't believe, enough to put them on the ground. Oh, no, never mind. It is exactly. Tell a lie. Uh, they are now unconscious. Alright, the next one says, How dare you do this to my friend? And he gets a 10. Well, that's something. That's a 7 damage. I'm sorry. Did you want some too? Uh, don't do much damage to follow up that remark. It's a total of 7. Enemy's down on 15 HP now. Ooh. That is an 11. One off of an instant <laughs> kill. We take those, though. It's very true. It's very true. Uh, so, so that 11 eight. is 5 plus 3. 8 damage, yes. We're on 14 HP remaining. Good God. Mm. One more, and we would have made the enemy unconscious. So if we leave them on six health here with this roll of eight, we're kind of just toying with them a little. Well, they don't even hit. They get a three. That's pretty come bad. On, EJ, so we can take on, EJ. EJ commands. <laughs> All right. If you survive this mess, turn to 105. Zombies don't have what? Half pong after you've killed them, Pip. To be honest, they don't half pong even before you've killed them, but that's another story. If you can stand the smell, you can search the zombies on 130, or we can go back. Ooh, what did we kill them for? I think we give it a shot. 130. Searching zombies is a dangerous occupation, Pip. There's an excellent chance you might catch the dreaded fungoid rot, a disease that eats up permanent life points. If you still want to search, head turn to 112 if you'd rather stay healthy. We are out of freaking options. I also think that uh, we found the pill that saves us from this maybe upstairs. Perhaps. Let's, uh, uh, hope, let's go to 112. Hope this isn't a foolhardy decision, Pip. Throw two dice, score a six or better, turn to 142. I, I, I got a crit. <laughs> I crit. <laughs> what, what, a, what a great crit. We just needed a seven. Go to one. That was the next one in the barrel as well. We could have been instantly killed. That is true. Score six or less. Turn to one twenty-three. How fascinating! One of the zombies is carrying an empty cotton reel, a short bit of candle, a box of dead matches, and a steel knitting needle. Another has an elastic band. The third is carrying a full set of plans for a prehistoric creep machine. If you don't see many of these nowadays, turn to page two or seven to find. To see what you find with these ingenious plans, what's more, you can use them to make a prehistoric creep machine of your own, which might come in handy later in the adventure. 207. What? Put your cotton reel, of course, and a bit of candle together like the, it's. this is a craft project. Mm-hmm. It's a craft project uh, relying on tools that might have been much more common uh, in, in one's house 40 years ago. Yeah. It looks like a candle with a matchstick on it and a rubber band in it and a pencil on the rubber band. 
sorry. <laughs> huh? Well, let's just pretend we made it right because we don't have these tools. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have any, it's it's I don't have it's been an like intervening or... 30 or so years no none of us have uh, cotton reels and candles lying about anymore uh okay so back to 75 for the final one and then I don't freaking know mm -hmm. 75 so our final I believe was 139 am I incorrect about that nope not, nope you're not incorrect 139 is correct okay. Ah, no wonder they kept that cell door bolted. The great hairy thing bearing down on you like the express train just twice the size of a house, fanged like a dinosaur, muscled like an elephant, and has claws like reaping scythes. All right, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but it's nasty all the same. Looks like you're in for a real hassle here. Or perhaps not, since it's susceptible to bribery, if you happen to have a thousand gold pieces handy. If not, you're in for a to a lethal punch-up with something with 30 life points. Strikes on a five for plus three. Okay. I don't know. That's not that bad. You know what? We have a thousand gold pieces. What if we just paid this man? And this is uh, almost entirely uh, because uh, we have 14 health right now. Okay, fine. Let's go to 109. Let's pay this man. Mm -hmm. We pay him off and gain a point of experience for having done so. The great hairy thing was guarding several ceramic urns, stoppered and sealed with wax. These are just the sort of things you would expect to contain a gin. Well, little gin. But when you break the seal, the only thing that comes out is a nice, healthy smell of a healing potion. You now have half a dozen healing potions, each capable of restoring a double dice roll of life points. Take them with you and return to 75 and pick a new option, which is both great and terrible because it means we're lost. Mm-hmm. Before we, uh, you know, d d d navigate the fogs of this lostness, uh, should we shoot ourselves in the head or uh, pop a bottle? Oh, shoot once. I got a two. We're good. I'll shoot twice. I got a one. We're up to 22. And then... Maybe I feel like we probably... Uh, 28. I, I don't want to chance my luck anymore. Very fair. Um, I think we should probably pop one of the HP bottles at the absolute least, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. For another 7, taking us to 35. That's a good HP value, as we found out. Yeah. Um, this leads us to a situation of being lost. Mm. So, I think then, uh, we methodically work through options until we find one that is, uh, not exhausted. Assuming th that is the case. Which I have to assume. It's all I can do. Wait, have we been to 91? 91, 91, 91. Is that the one that... Uh, yeah, that's the that's the one that... Yeah. Yes, that's there, just yeah. above the torture chamber downstairs. So, to that end, uh, perhaps we should head back to... 61, all the way back down? Uh, I was thinking uh, 102, but... Oh, wait, 102? Have we... Where's 102? So 102 would be just before the corridor to the north and then trying to methodically go through and see if we've uh, oh, any if options we, that we haven't explored. If we forgot something. Because, I mean, I wrote yeah. down everything and I didn't. Uh, but, yeah. In case I forgot to write down something. So, sure. So how about this? Um, I will just run numbers past you as I explain our exploration uh, and you tell me if that is somewhere we've already been and can ignore. Great. Cool. 
So uh, we go to the main landing, we head up north through uh, the corridor, finding three western walls. Uh, on the first western wall is 148. Yep. Cool. Uh, on the second western wall is 154, which I guarantee we've been yep. to, and then 110 is the yep. third. Cool. On the eastern wall, there's 113, which I'm certain we've also done. 113? Let's see. Yes. That's, uh, if I recall correctly, uh, one of our entrances back down through the secret wall to downstairs. Let's see. Yep. Yep. I have, oh, cool. I have so many numbers on my notebook. It's crazy. Uh, on 148, we have the uh, north branch of 171 or the southern branch of 163. Let's see. See, 171 yes 163 is where we came from so yeah uh-huh 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 uh 163 do you have so 148 yes 110 yes 154 yes 111 yep leads to 171 which we've already done mm -hmm. uh northernmost is 189 yep Wait a second! This Wait. was the one that we couldn't follow. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh god. Huh. Um. Hmm. So I think we need to figure out what page one eighty nine is supposed to be. One eighty. Apparently, uh, I've just looked up, which we have already uh, been to. Uh, How? That's the room with the puzzles. Yeah, but but, but huh. I mean, we could step on the skull and crossbones uh, by going to 193. Um, but how how is this this room? Because this room we found in a different way, I, I guess. It, 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 multiple might lead into similar areas. But we do have a new path here available should we want to uh, step over the inlaid skull and crossbones and approach the friendly bunny. Hmm. I think we have... Is this the time which we try the... We never had the pill either, did we? Uh, we haven't used the pill, and we also haven't used or uh, rubbed the green stone. So we have two different options that would just take us I'd choose pill first, I think, since we got it here, if that makes sense. Sounds good to me. Does that seem right? Seem Does it seem like a good enough option? Let's do it. What page is that? 183. You pop the pill, which fizzes a little in your mouth before you manage to get it down. Have you got a headache or something? EJ asks curiously. You ignore and wait. For a moment, nothing happens. Feeling better? EJ asks saliciously. You open your mouth to tell him to keep quiet, but before you can say anything, your head explodes. Go to page 118. What? Not page... What? Okay. You open your eyes, not as you might well have expected at the dreaded 14, but in a steadily, in a steadily, wait, what? Steady? Say, stately. Wow. Chamber all too familiar to you from your visits to the castle in happier days. The pill was very obviously a magical teleportation pill, of course, for you standing at the entrance of the doors of the Camelot throne room where King Arthur was wont to give public audiences before the curse was cast upon the land. The place is, frankly, a bit of a mess. The Golden Throne of Avalon sits to the north, but the marble floor is covered in a dust with a liberal scattering of chicken bones, as if someone brought a horde of messy friends for dinner. 
The tapestries which once adorned the walls are rippled and torn, with several of them pulled down completely. All four doors of the chamber are slightly ajar, and several of the lamps in the wall niche have been pulled and broken. But, at least you know where you are, up to a point. The plan on page 204 shows you which parts of the castle you're familiar with. As a visitor, there's several doors you've never been through, so you have the slightest notion where they lead working from the plan. You have the option of entering the areas shown by turning to the relevant section number, but you must proceed logically. You can't jump straight from the throne room to the courtyard without... Okay. 204. We have another path. It was the pill all along. It was. All right. So 204. Apologetic that we didn't immediately... Frida's still down there. Wait a second. I mean, we never got the thing to do it. So, unless we did and we just don't know. Yeah, what the hell? Maybe that's something we would have gotten in the village or something. Who knows? Whatever. They they can... Uh, yeah, that makes sense. That's fine. They can... They'll be fine. They'll be fine. If they're not that now, they're not going to be that later. Exactly. All right. So, entrance is 199. Uh, sorry. No, no, no. So uh, this teleported us to the uh, the throne room, right? Oh, 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 you're right. 118. You're standing near the entrance doors of the Camelot throne room, which means I guess we're in 164. Unless we're on the site. The grown... But okay, no, we can see the golden throne. So we're near the entrance, but we're on page 118, which makes sense. This is the throne room. Uh, which means we have four different exits. Yeah. We have one to the south through the waiting room. Uh, we have one to the northeast, North end, which east, is the king's east, ante east. room. East. Game room. Uh, with a 208 in the north and west, and then the southern west is 212. I mean... I stopped listening as soon as I figured out there was a north and east angle. Bingo, that's the right play. 178.6. The smallish room is used by King Arthur to robe himself before the formal audiences. Two cupboards in the room have been emptied. The wardrobe contains one ermine cape, but it's been slashed with a dagger. Behind a panel in the eastern wall, you find the semi-secret door Arthur used to reach the corridor leading to his private quarters. But the door has jammed and nothing you do will open it, which means, you know, bada bing, bada boom. Okay, but it's not dangerous. Not at all, but we can head back to the throne room and then across to 208, just completely across the uh, throne room from us. Okay. The door opens into a corridor, one you haven't seen before, having no reason to visit this part of the castle. You follow it for 20 yards or so, then stop in horror. The whole ceiling is caved in, blocking the way completely. Sorry, tribute to the upkeep of Camelot since the curse was laid, as you have better things to do than try and dig your way through. You, your best course is to return to 118. All right. Exhaust options on 212, the next page. Mm -hmm. As we back out of that door that we were just in, we move to our right and follow that wall to 212. The door opens into a dusty corridor on which your footsteps echo hollowly as you follow it all the way to an open door. Through the door, you can see the castle kitchens with the corpses of no fewer than 17 cooks collapse over a pinewood table on which are laid 17 empty soup plates. One sniff at the plates tells you the whole story. There's a distinct scent of bitter almonds, poison soup. Mm. Across the way from this unhappy scene, another door leads into a larder where even the rats have turned their toes up from munching on poison bread and cheese. Go back to 118, since there's no other exit from the kitchens. So we have to go to the waiting room on 164. Why do we even have these other rooms? (laughs) 
You flavor. Can, flavor, flavor. Almond flavor. You can well remember the days before when the dignitaries of Avalon would sit in this chamber waiting an audience with the king. Now they would have nowhere to sit. The chairs all have been smashed. A few spots of the exterior fungus have crept in here. Sure sign of the room that's not been used since the curse was laid. Go back to the plan, which we're just, we knew that. We were kind of just passing through to mm -hmm. 172, to the guard room. There's a full contingent of 12 king's guards in here. All of them dead. Not to mention a little bit rotted. Whoever, whatever, laid the curse on Camelot has a lot to answer for. Double doors to the south lead. As you remember into the outer courtyard, you do not know where the other two doors lead. Okay. Only seems appropriate to check some of the, uh, some of the offshoots of the guardroom. Maybe we find armor. Let's go for the north and east one. <laughs> How about that? Excellent. 217. Good grief. It's a pit? Someone's laid a huge pit trap right beyond the door, right in Arthur's castle. As if that isn't shocking enough, the fact is that you've fallen down it. Roll two points. And Seven subtract. damage. All right. Then go back to 172. We're back down on 28 HP. How do we feel about uh, another shot to the head? Four. <laughs> That's nine healing in response. I really, I, I, really roll and I just, I just want to keep on going. I should go to to Las Vegas after this. Mm -hmm. With this Court, kind of luck, absolutely. Courtyard one seventy nine. Uh, well, there's the other exit from the guard oh, shoot, room. Oh shoot, 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 yeah, yeah, two twenty one. I went to two twenty one. Good grief! It's a pit. Somebody laid a huge pit trap <gasps> just beyond the door, right in Arthur's castle. If it's not shocking enough, the fact is you've just fallen down it. Subtract. Oh, this is funny. Two. I've rolled right, we'll a one to damage. shoot ourselves in a healing head to counteract okay. it. Perfect. On the aggregate, we heal by one. Great. We should fall in pits more often. So now we go through to the courtyard of 179. The area, at least, this area at least hasn't changed. The outer courtyard of Camelot was always grotty, and it's just as grotty now. Grass and weeds grow through the cracks of the paving stones, and the remains of the broken carts are propped against the walls. But at least you can leave the castle here, if that's what you want to do, going through the arch of the tunnel onto 199. Well, we should probably check the stables first, right? Yeah. There's two sets of stables, 190 and 185. One of them is on the eastern side, though. Ooh, 190. Uh, decision made. 190. Well, just as you remember, the Camelot stables, now full of rotting straw and old manure with not a horse in sight. You search in the straw, but find nothing. You search the walls, examine the doors, and look up the ceiling, find nothing. You search the floor, and you find nothing. Go back to the plan for a new destination, which is, I guess, just right. going to be the other stables, right? Yep. Rito, I'm making a big call here. <sighs> mm -hmm. All of the previous rooms were not just for flavor, but to exhaust your curiosity. The guards' rooms one being dangerous is similar, so that when you come down here to the courtyard, you might not check both stables. And because of that, they've hidden something very good in the final stable of 185. Okay. Well, just as you remembered, the Camelot stables now full of Ronnie Saw and old manures with not a horse in sight. You search the straw, you find nothing. You search the walls, examine the doors, and look up the ceiling, but find nothing. You search the floor and find a secret trap door on 216. <gasps> Trap door. I think you might, be, might have been right on that one. A rickety wooden ladder leads downwards into an arrow stone flag tunnel which runs due north for some time. Taking so many twists and turns, you quite lose your sense of direction. Not that it matters, since the only place the tunnel leads is a stout oak wood door. Reach for your dice and see if you can pick the lock, but EJ whispers. Try it first. You know, it might just be open. Don't 
be silly, you remark, trying to open the door to humor him and finding it open. Beyond the door is a 10 by 10 stone-lined chamber with a spiral staircase at the far end, half-filling the chamber itself in the collection of amazing rubbish, old churns, bits of armor, dusty books, walking sticks, battered chests, broken ornaments, in a short, an adventurer's dream. You set searching through the rubbish to find anything that might be of use, and in under 15 minutes, you've unearthed what must be the find of a lifetime. Hand half-buried beneath a set of old encyclopedias. Roman edition. Is a wooden case tagged property of Uther. Inside, you throw it open, you see a fearsome adventurer armed to the teeth with... No, wait a moment. Of course there's no fearsome adventurer in that case. It's your own reflection in a highly polished shield. Property of Uther, this must be it. Pendragon's mirror shield. Seize your booty and race up the spiral staircase, and when the Disney swears off, find yourself in a corridor which leads via a secret door back to the throne room to 118. Okay. <laughs> to 118, which we know... So... The book specifically said that we need to go directly through all of the intervening rooms, which yeah. I can't imagine the need for here, but 118 leads to 164. 164 yep. leads to 172, and then 172 leads back to 179. Which lets us go to 199. Mm -hmm. The entrance exit passage on you enter the exit passage with the sudden realization there are murder holes in the ceiling where there are the more bad-tempered of Arthur's guards were want to pour boiling oil and molten lead down on the heads of enemies. But if the curse is done its positive thing, it's put a stop to that sort of nonsense. Admittedly by putting a stop to the guards as well. Thus, you walk safely to the portcullis and with a little difficulty lower the drawbridge and let yourself out of the castle, which leaves you with the choice of going to Tor at 13 or Glastonbury at 34, which is the Glastonbury from the beginning. It's the same page. Let's go to Tor, yes. right? Let's do it. Given that it was the only one that was not initially an option to us, I can only imagine that it is progression. Wait, 13? Um, we got God again. We got God again. 13 is uh, the use of the magical word, uh, global plock or whatever it was. Is it... Um, hmm. Is it 32? Looks kind of right. Uh, I don't know. That might be too... I just see the word Tor on it. I'm just searching Tor. It's same. Uh, 99 is also an entrance to Tor, it appears. None of these look like a reasonable transcription for 13, though. Huh. Uh, it's it's only possible that it's it's the page you pointed out or, yeah. or 19, so 32 yeah, or well, 99. Thir I'll say 13 brings us to 32. Okay, right. Oh. So I think that there, this was okay. a different different type of oops yeah i i suspect uh this is part of what had been mentioned in one of those reviews yeah. of things not perfectly connecting yeah so 32 is correct though as you follow the, the road, road northwest which is the one we would have taken as well yeah follow the road it it near as you follow the road it narrows roughens then peters out completely leaving you to pick up pick your way very carefully through the squishy ground of the great marsh this is the sort of place you could suck you that could suck you in and drown you very easily. But since you are an experienced adventurer, you test each step before you take it and proceed carefully and slowly towards the curios curiously round mound of Glastonbury Tor. I wish you really wouldn't do that, complains EJ bitterly. Do what? You ask. Uh, you know, use me to test the ground ahead before taking each step. I'm getting very wet. If you keep this much, much longer, I'll catch my death of cold. Or, uh, rust. Button your lip. 
You tell him severely, having better things to do than just listen to his sword complaining. You'll regret it, he warns. And in the event he is right for a change with the foothills of Great Tor less than 100 yards away, you prod EJ into the marsh before you test the ground and... <laughs> erupts a, from the sodden ground a nightmare creature more than 50 feet long, leprous, lime, green, slimy, hev heavily fanged and very, very angry. Towers above you like a serpent preparing to strike luminous green eyes glaring at you horridly. <laughs> it says again... It seems you may have disturbed the guardian worm, the monstrous creature which coils the guard safely around the tour. Worse still, it's reared up with, the, with old EJ firmly clamped between his front teeth, leaving you swordless. Since the worm is known to have 1,000 life points and strikes on a roll of one or better with plus 50 damage, you can guess right away that you're in big trouble. A moment's thought will remind you that the only man ever to defeat the guardian worm was Uther Pendragon, King Arthur's father. And even then, he only managed it with the aid of the magical mirror shield. If you happen to have it, then turn to 55. Otherwise, die. Doesn't even It doesn't even say fight it. It just says, otherwise, just die. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it hits for plus 50 on a roll of one. Swifter than a speeding arrow, the monstrous worm strikes towards you, its huge mouth wide open to devour you, its tummy rumbling its hor in, in horrid anticipation of the tasty little morsel you undoubtedly represent. But swifter still, you whip out the great mirrored shield of Uther Pendragon and set it between your frail frame and the attacking monster. At once, the worm halts its insane downward plunge, the green eyes widen in horror at the reflection of the shield. <coughs> it roars... Old EJ drops from its mouth and falls in a plunge blade first into the ground, pressing the shield forward slightly. Ah! Shrieks the worm, backing off of it, gaining confidence. You take another step. Ah! Presumably cries the worm. You make a sudden lunge. Eek! Screams the worm, turning tail and diving in like a submarine into the marshy soil. Cautiously, you peer around the shield. All is still, all is peaceful, and the worm is gone. With a sigh of relief, you set down the shield. Gotcha! Yells the worm, emerging out of the ground immediately behind you and fastening its great fangs on your ankle. If the shock of this surprise attack kills you, go to 14. Otherwise, if you like to admire the scenery, go to 76. I mean, <laughs> let's go to 76. Savagely, you jerk your leg free of the worm's grip, skinning your ankle at the cost of five life points. If this kills you, go to 14. So if we grab EJ, who spent the last few moments quivering... Quivering blade first in the ground, and bravely you turn to face the dreaded worm, which has, however, lost an awful lot of life points already on account of seeing its own reflection in the shield. It has, in fact, only 40 life points less left, and is so weakened that it can only bite with plus 2 damage on a 6 or better. Alright. We have 33 HP, so I feel like this is pretty, uh, pretty good for us. Uh, well, also, Rebs, it, he has initiative, they, so, sorry. probably. I got a 6, uh, so. does, does he? Does he have initiative? He struck six. first already. Oh, shoot. Oh, wait, I guess you're right. Aw. He doesn't even have initiative. I was trying to make it seem like he had a fighting chance for the drama of it, but he's Oh, no, so no, 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 no. We had, a, we had the artifact, you see. Uh, yeah. We will use the artifact, the minor amulet. That's the one I'm talking about, right? This is really going to help us through this fight, even if he had 100,000 HP. Uh, and... <laughs> Uh, we don't use the charge of the amulet yet because it's only on your first successful blow. Okay. He basically has initiative. Chomps back with a 7 for 3 damage. Takes us all the way down to 30. How dare he. Get him, EJ! 
and get him, EJ does. And we had 40. They now have uh, 29 remaining after taking 11 points of damage. All right. That's a worm eyes. Perfect. Striking back with EJ. Uh, you know what? We take the direction and try and strike at the worm eyes. And good lord, do we ever! That's an 11 on the dice, which is 7, 5, 12. Taking the enemy down to 17 as we blind its left eye. And it chomps back for a 9, which is uh, a 7 damage. Right? Wait. 23 HP? Wait, uh, he only does plus Five. 2. Yeah. Yes. 25 HP. It's not possible that we take him out with this swing, but if this goes okay, the next one will do it. Eh, this went fine, I guess. Uh, for a total of 8. Uh, never mind, takes the enemy down to 9 HP. All we need is another successful swing. That is a... It's a 7, which is a whopping 3 damage. We're going to be hobbling away from this one, but we will, importantly, be hobbling away from this one. Uh, and that will do it. The enemy is left on 1 HP, is left rendered unconscious, and noting the insane danger that this worm actually poses to us, even left alive, we just thrust EJ slightly further and finish him off. Yeah. That's our tenth point of experience. Pop. No sooner. Have you lopped off the final life point that then the worm begins to rot, creating a pong thick enough... What? It's a bad smell. Oh. Huh. I've never heard that for... Mm -hmm. I've never heard that. It's very outdated. So, I wonder why that is in this book, then. Hmm. <laughs> thick enough to cut with a knife and spread on moldy bread. You step back, choking, but fortunately, a wind springs up, carrying away the smell. With the worm fallen to pieces, you can see the partly digested leather pouches on the ground. With one bound, you scoop them up. Yuck! Complains EJ. Oh, I hope you're gonna wash your hands after handle that lot. But you ignore him, since an adventurer often has to do grotty things no ordinary squeamish mortal would have to face up to. You open the two, the first pouch and discover two vials of healing potion, each containing six doses. Woo! And quickly you open up the second gem pouch and discover 20 gemstones, each worth a thousand gold pieces. Half mad with excitement now, you reach for the third pouch. Wait a minute, Pip. You know what it's like on these adventures? The minute things are going really well, sometimes something always comes up to zap you. You really want to open up the third pouch? If so, 79. Otherwise, proceed with your healing potions to Glassberry Tour on 99. I mean... I mean... <laughs> you never leave loot, right? 79. There's a pulsating horror horror gem in there! One of the most dangerous natural elements in the known universe, a living gemstone that when squeezed in just the right way will first pulsate, then explode with ferocious power to destroy absolutely everything in a 10-foot radius. This one has certainly been squeezed since it's pulsating at this very moment, but will it explode? Roll a die. 5 or below, below 5, 87. 5 or 6, turn to 94. Oh, God. You want to roll it? Sure. That's a six. I rolled a two, thank God. Alright. Turn to 94, which I can assume is the good one. Fizzle. Well, 
Looks as though it's settled down again and stopped pulsating, which means it's safe enough at the moment. You can leave here if with you wish, or take it with you as a fierceful weapon. The only problem being using it as a weapon, you must throw one die, score below a five, and the rotten thing will blow up in your face and killing you. Five or six, and it will kill anything, zap anything you're facing. I mean, we might as well take it. Yeah. Like, you basically, you use it exactly when you would die otherwise, on the final boss. Exactly. Is That's the use case for that. Uh, now, with or without the horror gem, you toddle off onto Glastonbury Tor on 99. You reach the foot of Tor, and the mining path leading upwards from this vantage point, you can see Tor itself is crowned with a ring of standing stones surrounding what appears to be a small wooden building. You follow through the path with, with twists and turns through broken remains of what was obviously a stone-built maze at one time, but is now little more than a ruined trace of its former glory. Eventually, you reach the summit and another decision. Investigate the standing stones on 121 or wooden building on 150. So we know from uh, the wizard Cran that it is uh, the megalithic structures up here, which is to say those made of stone that we need to go to in order to try and uh, dismiss this curse. So do we want to go direct or do we think that there might be a qualifier we want elsewhere? Um, I think it sounds... I, I think that maybe that hint with the stones would be to go straight there is kind of how I'm taking it. I don't know. Sounds good enough to me. So that's page... Oh, shoot, I scrolled. Where was uh, I? 121. 121. You approach cautiously, having learned in the past to be careful about standing stones. Which always seem to produce magical effects. Not all of them particularly safe or pleasant. These stones from a circle about nine feet in diameter, sure enough, there is a mild blue glow within the circle like a cloud of faintly luminous mist. Apart from this, the place seems quite deserted. Are you ready to risk entering that mist, Pip? You can do so on 107 or go back to that room. I mean, I say let's do it, right? Hmm. You're regretting it because we can't go back to the house now? Not especially. Is it 107 or? I'll, I'll tell you what's happening in my head. Is there additional information elsewhere that would have told us at this point, hey, if you want to get through mist safely, you better have a rubbed green stone on you. Like, is there anything like that that we should consider? Because the only artifact we can really interact with at this point uh, uniquely would be the green stone. We also didn't need the universal key, as it turned out, for anything yet. Maybe we will. I'd... We okay. probably Let's will. Let's go to 107. It's... Huh. Maybe we'll be happy we have it, because it w that was from Cran, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like we'll need it. I don't know. Since it's from Cran, it seems like it would be stupid to not need it. All right, 107. That's Tornit. 107. As you step into the mist, the stones suddenly begin to revolve as if they were on a giant turntable. As you watch, they move faster and faster, blending into a blur that you seem to be surrounded with a circular wall. You try and step back out of the mist, but can't. It moves with you now and thickens, so that you can no longer see the revolving stones. You're finding it difficult to breathe, and your limbs begin to feel heavy as lead. You no longer want to move out of the mist, and any movement now is too much effort. You feel your eyes drooping. This is ridiculous. You're starting to fall asleep. Good grief. A trip to the nighttime is the last thing you need at the moment. Nevertheless, you're definitely wilting, finding it harder and harder to keep from nodding off. You sit down on the cold ground. The better to think and discover you simply cannot fight this force any longer. There's prospect of a nice long kip fills your horizons. You lie down, ignoring the chill, and cradle your head on your arm. Your eyes finally close, and... Just as the suspense becomes unbearable, you find you have to turn to 141. 
You're looking down at the scrunched-up sleeping figure of a young adventurer. Blithely kipping near a ring of standing stones, there is something painfully familiar about the figure, and... As you look closer, you realize with a horrid shock that it's you. Have you died? This doesn't look at all like the dreaded 14. Although 141 is close in a peculiar way. You look around and realize that you're floating in the air, a very peculiar sensation, although not at all unpleasant. But how'd you get here? And perhaps more importantly, how do you propose to get down again? There's a mist rising from the standing stones. It rolls towards you like a bank of fog. You examine yourself and find that you're much the same as always. Same clothes, same equipment. Really? Same equipment? Really? Same? Same? No. Old EJ seems to have changed. His blade has turned golden. I say, EJ, you don't suppose to happen to know what's happened to us? You ask. I'm not paid to think. EJ tells you grumpily. But since you've asked my opinion for once, I'd say we're probably in astral projection. Astral projection? Marlin used to do it when he was younger. It's like when you leave your body and roam around like a ghost. Stupid occupation, if you ask me. The rolling mist is nearer. But what's the point of it? You ask. Search me! EJ says, shrugging his crosspiece. I'm a sword, not a philosopher. I think Merlin did it because it made him feel high. Silly old fool. The mist is almost upon you now, and it's your to your amazement you notice there is a door in it. EJ, can you see anything in that mist? You mean the door? Of course I can see it, come on! The mist halts, the door looming directly in front of you. This is weird. If you want to go through the door, turn to 162. If not, the situation will take its course on 188. Okay, so I will say uh, that what Wizard Kran also told us was uh, that we needed to seek the astral plane, as that was the origin of this curse. It was a, a very quick throwaway yeah. line of his. Yeah. Uh, so I can only imagine the way that we get there is by astral projecting. I so, say, yeah. 162 open sounds the door. good to me. Yep. What an incredibly strange environment. You're standing in a vast flat plane. And a quick glance behind you will be all that's needed to convince you that the door through which you have entered has disappeared, replaced by a towering and almost unclimbable cliff. Before you stretches a network of paths, interlinking a series of glittering misty spheres, the diameter of one approximately double your own height. High above, a blue sun hangs motionless in a cloudless sky. You attempt to step forward and fall flat on your face, but a cunning adventurer like yourself will soon work out how to get around here, although it's quite complicated until you're used to it. First look at the picture on page 203, which shows the path and network and the spheres. And also tells you you're on the astral plane, incidentally. None of the spheres is numbered, but eight of them have letters, with the relevant section numbers given in a key to the side. To travel to the astral plane, you must roll two dice and check the result against the table below. What? Okay. It explains them, thankfully. Okay, 203. Scroll, 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 scroll. What? Uh, oh, yes. 203 would be the astral plane itself. Um, yes. If you would like to check that out, I can continue the explanation text. Yes, please do. As you can see, some scores take you directly to a sphere. And if those are the scores that you get, you should turn directly to the section number indicated on the key. If, however, you score a 6, a 9, or a 12, you develop the abilities of an astral pathwalker for two sections. That means when you arrive in a sphere, you have the option of walking a path to another sphere, and when your business is finished in that sphere, walking one more path to yet another. 
Each pathwalker score allows you to walk only two paths. After that, you lose your pathwalking abilities again until you roll a six, a nine, or a 12. If the dice direct you to the same sphere twice, you will find that whatever you did there the first time has made no difference. The sphere and anything in it remains absolutely unchanged. It all sounds very complicated, but roll your dice and see what happens. Okay. Three, which is the sphere B. Uh, okay. Sphere B takes us to page 122. Just getting this over to my Microsoft Paint. 122, okay. You're standing on a paved platform some 50 feet square to the north, which a giant granite throne of which is seated a six feet tall purple-robed stick insect. Its head's, head turns slowly to you, which regards you with multifaceted eyes. Reach not for your puny sword. It tells you in imposing tones. For I am the Pontifalus Maximus and immune to all earthly weapons. Hey, who you call him puny, huh? EJ hisses. Do you know anything about the curse that was cast on Camelot? You ask bravely. But the Pondiphilus Maximus ignores you. In order to leave this place, you must solve a puzzle which has perplexed the minds of the universe for centuries. Failure means instant death. Are you ready? If you want to try and solve the puzzle which has perplexed the great minds of the universe for centuries, turn to 173. If you fancy your chances at slaughtering this long, thin idiot, whatever he says about being immune to earthly weapons, you can start a fight on 201. I have to imagine he's right about that. But also, for what it's worth, I imagine that EJ is not necessarily an earthly weapon. He glows gold here. Yeah, it's true. I, the puzzle I want is probably going to be, what is... One plus one! It feels like it's dumb. setting up that energy, yeah. So 173. Oh, what is the puzzle, oh mighty Maximus? You call grandly, grabbing EJ's pommel sneakily in the half-hope you might get a quick stab at some stage. The puzzle is this. Intones the purple-robed creature gravely. Where can one get a prehistoric creep machine these days? You stare at him open-mouthed. If you happen to have a prehistoric creep machine with you, turn to 158. If you don't, I mean, well, okay. Uh, we have one, so on 158. 158? You want this? Go with my blessing! Exclaims the purple robe PM, waving one hand grandly towards your available weapons, which are as follows. If you arrive at the sphere direct or as a pathwalker with no further ability left, roll two dice... Score anything other than a 6, 9, or 12. Go to the indicated section on the key on 162, 6. What the hell? If you have now become a pathwalker, what does that mean, Raps? What is a path? What? what, what? So a pathwalker would have been if uh, instead of rolling 3 to get here, we had rolled a 6, a 9, or a 12, and we had made our way here. Okay. Directly, uh, indirectly, rather, like traversing the actual aspect. And if point. you have now become a pathwalker. Okay. So that's a after we roll this. Yes, exactly. So. That's a seven. We're not a pathwalker, but we do have a path. Okay. To walk. Uh, 129. Okay. By the. I, I'm afraid of. 
is this allowed? Am I allowed to say this next? Uh, the haggis infested what? Am I allowed to say uh, that? Sporan. Okay. <laughs> Just sometimes I'm afraid with this old book. You know, I'm like, hey, is this outdated in a bad way? Of St. Andrew. You're under attack already. You had only just time to register the fact that you arrived at the edge of a broad but shallow lake when the Hooberk came racing across the water on its great long skinny legs, flapping its residual wings and clacking its beak in the most alarming manner. 35 life points strikes on a 5 or better for plus 3 damage, so the hassle might not prove too dangerous for an adventure of your skill, courage, and experience. Unless, of course, it lays an egg should you happen to miss 3 strikes in a row. It gives it time to lay. It'll hatch instantly, produce a second fully grown one. Oh my god. Okay, so it is just well, a five. let's not miss three times. It gets a five for initiative. <laughs> he goes first. Cool. That is a five, which is a hit for three damage. Mm-hmm. Takes us down to 19 HP. Possibly we might have wanted to consider healing. Oops, oops, oops. It's okay. We'll win this fight. There's so many potions Not rolling too. like that though. That yeah, exactly. No kidding. Uh, seven damage back to the Hubeck, leaving it on twenty-eight. That is a four. We are clean for this round. If it <sighs> if it misses it. three times it. in a row, we lay an egg. <laughs> <laughs> and that becomes a fully fully grown instantly version of us. Yep. Perfect. Uh, we strike back for a total of 10, taking the enemy to 18. Ha ha ha, we now have more life points than you. They roll a hooper, guys. <gasps> I'm that killing it today is. with being unlucky. If I was playing D&D &D with my rolls today, I'd be mad. Mm-hmm. But since I'm the enemy, I'm happy. It works very, very perfectly. And we strike back for another, uh, 10 leaving the enemy on eight remaining HP. Whew. Okay, well, that's an 11. <laughs> so, yeah. well, are we, do we die? Uh, for that's... nine total damage to us, takes us down to 10 remaining, and oh. then as long as we hit, we're fine. And, baby, do we ever hit. In fact, we instantly slay it. We don't even get it unconscious. Pop. Um, I'm yeah, just gonna... Yeah, we're at four. Chug a log log. I got an 11. Seven, Use that one. Uh, 18... And then uh, another charge. I got a nine. Eight. Nine. So subtract two charges and add 20 health for me. That's bad. Mm -hmm. And what are we at? 37. Uh, we overhealed a little bit. Uh, we're on 42. <laughs> I mean, we have so many charges, I don't think it matters. Yeah, exactly. We have, I think, eight full charges, nine full charges of the uh, health we, potion left. We risked shooting ourselves with a one gun so many times instead of taking the safe potions. Mm -hmm. And uh, this and is our of reward that, we for have it. Now all these safe potions, exactly. Exactly. Uh, we survived the encounter, so it's time to roll for Pathwalker. Uh, that's a seven, which uh, would actually take us back here. So we just roll it again. Yep, nothing has changed. Six. Oh, we're pathwalkers! Uh, you may now walk the path west to 151 or east to 181. So, uh, we definitely want to go west as much as we like east because it seems... Well, do we? Maybe we're trying to get to D, the center of the plane. Maybe we're trying to get to F, the final entry in the plane. 
Yeah, or maybe we're trying to get to one of the weird, the big weird empty sections somewhere on the right. Mm-hmm. Of which neither of these would matter anyways. I think because D gives us easy access to the eastern route here, we should still take the, the 151. Walk west. Okay. 151. Colden here. The dome above your head is a crystalline and the and the temperature since you stepped into the glittering sphere has taken a distinct drop, in fact downright freezing. You move forward beginning to feel numb, ice crystals forming in the air ahead like a curtain of fine snow, so it's quite difficult to see where you're going, but your adventure's luck holds. For you quickly stumble on a platform of worked stone on which stand, stands a glittering metallic box with three levers set into the lid. A brass plaque on which one side identifies the box as a weather machine, which speaks for itself expect, except that the instructions on second brass plaque beneath the first don't seem to make all that much sense. They say... Instructions! Warning! Incorrect use is dangerous. Warning! Use only correct lever to activate. Warning! Use of wrong lever may prove fatal. Notice, the only correct level will link these words. Uh, dead ahead? something forward. It's make your mind up time, Pip. If you pull the left lever, go to 166. Pull the center, 187. If you pull the right lever, go to 194. What? Only the correct lever will link these words. Dead and forward are linked by... Either, like, one, two, or three, or left, right, and center. Dead center? That's all I got. Yeah, dead center. Is center forward, like, a really important position in football? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Because, like, there's uh, also dead right, but right forward makes no sense to me. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's try 187. Dead center. Alrighty. Center forward is a uh, uh, game. It's getting warmer. By Jove, that was a close call. Luckily, the most intelligent adventurer to stumble into the place since Bert Einstein in 1903. Stamp your feet and blow on your hands, and then let's get out of here before make the machine breaks down again. Uh, we should theoretically have one more planeswalking ability, right? Uh, we do indeed. Because we can go one, two. Yeah, where do we think? Uh... I mean, so south would take us to F, but we can also just get to F by rolling eight when we're planes walking anyway. Yeah, I think uh, we do the I one guess... slightly harder. Yeah, because like north is further from more things yeah. than any of the rest of them. I agree. Uh, s we're so looking at a big page, which is just like a bunch of bubbles, a bunch of bubbles connected through by lines. It's strange. Uh, so wait. North is oh god, which page? Uh, north is two hundred two. Clunk. The familiar sound of a of a head soft head hitting a hard object. In case your soft, in this case your soft head. Oh my god, your soft head. Although the hard object is an invisible force field around this glittering sphere. If you're wearing the amulet of Sarabanda, turn to two eleven. Well, uh, we're not wearing the amulet of uh, <laughs> Sarabanda. So uh, we go all the way down to, if you don't have the amulet at all, then the blow on the head will kill you within 18 seconds. Wait 18 seconds, then go to page 14. Death 2. That's... Dude, wait, we died? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we got clunked on the head, you see. No, I mean the other time. I didn't remember dying a different time. 
Oh, uh, yeah, that was the first time we visited. Uh, I, I don't remember what it was, but it was just an instant kill. Ah. All right, so we'll start in here again. I'm going to roll one. Mm-hmm. Do it. I got a six, which... <laughs> You're a planeswalker, buddy. Does that mean we can go anywhere? If we... Uh, no. I anywhere from a node? It starts... Yes, I believe it starts you off in a certain node. Uh, my heart's telling me we go to like A and then we traverse into the, the unknown to the east, which is like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven nodes that are all like untethered from letters. Sounds good to me. Okay. 120. You're standing on a soft turf around which rises a golden, golden glittering dome. But before you can spend too much time admiring it, your attention is taken by a crouching creature no more than 10 feet away. Shaped for all the world like a four-legged giant spider with the face of a cat. Each end each ends in a large claw. Claw! Claw! Remarks the creature and scuttles towards you. What we have here, Pip, is a crawman. You can tell by its distinctive goal. It's slow, having only one strike every two of yours, but has 40 life points, natural body of armor, deducting four from successful blows against it. And, I guess, strikes... For neutral on a six? Uh, yeah, seems it. Weird. All right. Uh, initiative roll. Six. Two. It's very ready. It's way faster than us. It's very ready to do almost nothing. It gets a five and misses. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Time to attack it twice. Attack number one. Uh, that's a seven, which would be three plus five damage. So it's uh, eight. So it's four. Enemy loses ten percent of their life points, and we get a second strike. Boo, 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 boo. Oh, that's a little bit better. Uh, that'll be six damage to them, taking them down to thirty. All right, goes for a whopping five. Nothing. Perfect. Oh, furthest possible from Snake Eyes, baby. That's 12. That's uh, going to be three more damage than previous. Uh, so nine total after the armor reduction, taking them down to 21. They are not yet bloodied, but this next strike could certainly do it. And it certainly does. That's another six damage. 15 HP remain. All right. <laughs> he gets a six. But that's nothing. This guy, why did they do this? There's like, let's make a tedious bad fight. Like, a, he is not strong at all. He attacks every two mm -hmm. times for basically nothing. Hey, it's a. Uh, I'll take it. I, yeah, exactly. It's 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 good enough for us in this position where it's working perfectly. Uh, we do another four damage, taking the enemy down to eleven before what is possibly the final swing if we should happen to roll well. Never mind. Uh, that's another three damage, taking the enemy down to eight. All right. Come on, get what? <laughs> another six. Secret. He was buying his time. Biding his time for a crit of six damage, which is mm -hmm. so, which was some other people's like seven. Yeah, some people got that on like a six. Yeah. All right. That'll do enough to make this man unconscious. Bow, bow. Bow, bow, bow. And one more point of expert. 
our right. And now we can walk southwest or southeast to 133. I was thinking we go to the, the east side of the map. Uh, I like it. All right. So that's 133. The path stops abruptly at a towering gothic gateway, which is, however, slightly ajar. Never one to miss an opportunity to get into trouble, you slip in through a gloomy stone-lined chamber. You stand for a moment, waiting for your eyes to adjust to the light and gradually make out a brass-bound chest nestling invitingly against the far wall. It's only then when you make a step towards, uh, towards it that you realize there are three spooky guardians in here. This could be good news or bad news, depending on whether you happen to be carrying a spooky basher. If you are, three quick cracks in a row on a six or better would be all it takes to demolish all three. If you're not, you're going to have to fight them the hard way. Each spooky has 30 life points, strikes successfully on a four or better, does plus three damage. Throw a 12 by them, indicates you're paralyzed for a combat round and must miss a hit. Okay. All right. All right. Which makes it a straight up initiative roll against them. Six. Six. <laughs> One. Three. <laughs> you go. All right, spook. Have a bit of this. Yeah. Uh, I really need to just internalize what damage seven is for EJ. Uh, it's three above base value, and then it's plus five. That's eight damage uh, against the first spook. Okay, that is a... Six, which is a hit of mm -hmm. five. Uh, no. Yes, five. Yes, yeah. that's five. They hit on a four. Sorry. How dare you question me? It's not like I've been getting my math wrong. How dare they hit us? Uh, oh boy. We barely strike back with uh, the base damage of EJ rolling a four. Enemy is now down on 17. All right. That is going to be a four, which is a hit. It's three damage. 28 HP remain on us. EJ's, oh my gosh. Minimal damage again. We roll another four for five damage against the spook. Okay, well, I mean, they roll a three. So we get, we get <laughs> something. I love a free round. Ooh, and we exploit the free round reasonably. We roll back with an eight for nine damage against the enemy. And that is the first one. Down, second spook. That is going to be a seven. So that is six damage. Okay. Okay. Start to feel nervous. We're down on 22. Ugh. Another eight damage to the enemy from our seven swing on EJ. I know it's the most common one, but I'm still <laughs> to see it. Right. Going to be a five, which is a four damage hit from the spooky. They very much are. Oof. That's the double sixes. Uh, we take the double eight sixes. Plus five. Thirteen. Enemy is down on nine HP remaining. That is a, another seven, which is another six damage. That's not good. No, it is not at all. The enemy's on 14 HP. If this hits at all, which it does, the enemy is down. One remaining. How much health? It's on 30 HP, and we're on 14. Okay, well, that's going to help a little, I guess, being a five. So that's four damage. We're on 10 HP. So you can't roll a six or above. Otherwise, we go to the ground state. Do we want to consider the horror gem? Not really. I mean, worst case, we start over in this zone. 
you know, we save stated in this zone, and I don't. I think that's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, six damage to the enemy. Not everything we want to see, but it's a sixth of their health nonetheless. A fifth, I think, actually, sir. Wait, how much health do they have left? Uh, 24. Oh. Is it three? That's a yeah, one. Three doesn't hit us. Oh, a four. Yeah, total, sorry. Right? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I buried the lead. Uh, was... It's okay. We get, we live for another swing, but they need to miss their next one. Um, yeah, they have no ability to hit us without making us unconscious now. Well, okay. Uh, a nine will give us a total of 10 damage to the enemy, leaving them on page 14. Hopefully we don't visit that soon. Oh, boy. That's two. And... Not a two. And not a one. That's a six. That's about as bad as it gets. <sighs> Death another time. Which leads us to... I don't know. Do we say we come back to this scenario for for the sake of... Yeah, not running through the whole rigmarole again. What, what, yeah, for the sake of not having ourselves? to randomly roll until we get to one of the new pages, I suspect we should just be here and uh, I'm going to make the... Uh, yes, executive mental call of, we've already killed two of these. I understand that is not how the game intended it, but it does work significantly better for the flow state at the end of the podcast. So, uh, one spook is here and is like, didn't I kill you? And, okay. You wait. Initiative is well, six. One, one. So okay. Well, get him! <laughs> Hit for exactly five damage. Rolls back with a seven, hitting for a seven. Wait, wait, no. What? Six damage. Perfect. That'll be another eight back to the enemy. Hell yeah! Taking me down to seventeen. That is a five over here, doing four damage. We're down on 40 HP. We had more max HP than uh, our previous life did. Uh, that's another eight as well, which is nine damage to the enemy, leaving them on eight HP. Okay, perfect. Next hit will take him. Yeah, that's a big old four to finish out. So three four, damage. Four, 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 four. Chomps us for a little bit of HP, but unless we roll the world's worst, and we do not, we chomp the enemy for the remaining of theirs. Oh, but I thought you... What? Hey, hang on. How? What? <sighs> All right. And then we get to move on to open a treasure chest on 168. <laughs> it's the amulet. It's full of sawdust. Furiously, you scrabble <laughs> your way into it like a dog bearing a bone, making an unholy mess of the process, but sawdust is all there is. Disgust as you turn away, the thought strikes you. You turn and examine the chest again. Sure enough, it has a false bottom, using EJ. Hey, you're not going to use me as a screwdriver, are you? Protests EJ. As a screwdriver, you open the secret compartment. Uh, nestling therein is a delicate emerald amulet on a silver chain. Besides, it is a parchment scroll which identifies the piece as the amulet of Sarabanda. And a valuable find it may be, although the ink on the parchment is faded so much you can no longer read the magical instructions pertaining to the amulet. Better decide now whether you want to wear it, wear it carry it. Uh, Unlikely choice, knowing you. Or leave it here. Ah, I guess the question to wear it or carry it. 
I mean, we should wear it, as we have already visited the page that says if you're not wearing it, uh, oh, true. go to hell. So let's wear it. Do you have objections for us going there and figuring out? Not especially, no. Uh, that would have been... Like, uh, otherwise, we roll, 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 roll. Because we know where yeah, it is. Exactly. And then we can figure out whether or not we need to... Because this could be the big thing that we needed. So... 129 takes us to 151. Which is the which weather machine, so I don't think it's that. Takes us, which takes us to 187. Wait, oh, am I wrong? Yeah, the, this this is not the, the path that we were on contiguously for that. It was uh, from E, which was 129. 129. Yeah, and then we went, oh, you're right, 151. And then north to, was it 202? 151. We survived uh, the 202. level ball on 187. And 202. Yeah, 202. Cool. Clunk, sound of a head hitting a hard object. If you're wearing the amulet, turn to 210. And we are. Grabbing your amulet, you step into the glittering sphere and into an edifice made of a crystalline silver which soars above your head like a gothic cathedral. A central aisle between two colonnades of crystal pillars leads to a tapestry curtain which effectively conceals the northern, northern end of this great chamber. The tapestry itself is interesting, depicting as it does a series of adventurers being torn limb from limb by monsters falling down traps over and over cliffs, setting off infernal machines, being melted by magicians, falling foul of fiends, and many other alliterative disasters. On the center panel of the tapestry has been embroidered a single sentence. Welcome to the Curse Factory. But before you can become too engrossed by this intriguing message, your attention is attracted by the pitter-patter of tiny feet. And you look to your left to see seven little girls tripping towards you, each delightfully dressed in floral print with newly washed white bobby socks. Their happy, well-scrubbed faces gleam beneath the large pastel pink bows in their hair, which almost hide their cute little horns. Horns? They begin to circle around you, eyes vulpine and watchful. Hello, little girls. You call warily. Who are you? The Severn Sisters. Remarks one sweet child, spitting on the floor and wiping her nose with the back of her hand. The remaining six set to howling like wolves, a spine-chilling sound that sets your teeth on edge. I do wish you'd stop that, you say. Uh, so do I, remarks E.J., the little girls stop howling and begin to dance around you in a circle like witches chanting some curious ditty about plague pits and charnel houses. We're going to get you. One calls. And if we don't, our daddy will. That's another. Now, look here! You begin firmly, but the little girls have already started their attack. Whatever the rules of chivalry might, may say about fighting little girls, these sisters are going to tear you limb from limb unless you defend yourself. Six have ten life points. Strike on a 5, do plus 3. The 7th has 20. Strikes on a 4, does plus 5 horn damage. And it'll kill you immediately on a th roll of 12. Okay. Uh, okay. Here comes well, uh, initiative a... roll. That's a 3. That's a 5. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Okay. So each of them have 10 life points each. That so should be a hit, hit on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they go down. I have I, great news. You killed the One little down. girl. Congrats. I murdered it. Yes. Congrats. So we shift back. So that is going to be a five. So that's three damage. Mm -hmm. 34 HP remains. 
<laughs> that hits for exactly five damage. Guess who's unconscious? It's you! Another one's so sad seeing these two sisters get mowed down. Misses on a four. We uh, follow suit uh, on the four, not on the missing, and take her out in response. That's the third down. <laughs> the next one gets another five, so that's three damage. Perfect. We're down on 31, but they're also down on the ground as we strike back with uh, six. All right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Uh, that's not enough, baby. Oh, that certainly is, though. Another one of them goes down for the count. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, one final of the non-horned, and then the final horned. All right. That is going to be an eight. That's uh, six damage to us. Down on 25. Do we hit back? We do indeed. Final sister. The seventh with 20 life points strikes on a four and has plus five as well as kills us outright on a 12. Don't do that. Alright. That is a seven. So that is... It's eight damage. Steep. We've got 17 life points left. That, does that kill? Seven back to them for a total of also eight damage, leaving them on twelve. All right, uh, rolled a seven, which was oh god, I just did the math. It was eight damage. Uh, ooh, yeah, from them, that's steep. Yeah, We're damage. on nine HP. However, most of our strikes should be enough to take out the final sister. Oh, and I see a six on one of these dies, and that helps confirm it. Uh, four, nine, that is enough. Enemy has now a total of three HP remaining. They are unconscious. Let's drink a lot of potions. Chugga, 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 chugga. So how about you roll uh, three health potions here, and I'll roll two. 24. Okay, so that plus my 13 is uh, 37 on top of our 9, takes us to 46. All right. Uh, now you can swiftly move on to the next section to 11. With the little lethal little sisters out of the way, you run forward and pull back the curtain, EJ at the ready. Behind it is one of the strangest sights you've ever seen, and perhaps the most disturbing. The entire northern section is chock-a-block with alchemical equipment furnaces retorts albemics. Uh, which, if you didn't know, are bulbous glass vessels. And jars of every shape, size, and description. Merlin would be green with envy at the equipment, even that, though he might not entirely approve of what it's being used for, and the fairly obvious thing from the huge variety of books and manuscripts scattered round. How to curse your neighbor. Hexes for beginners. Corn blighting and other experiments. The Voyage of Terror. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just one of the Grailcrest books in there. Nasty Spells. The Wizard Anselm's Magical Varde Mecum. And go, so on in great profusion. No wonder the embroidered notice the description is the Curse Factory. It looks as if, as if, wait, looks as if every bit of bother anyone's ever experienced in Avalon over the many long years has originated here. You stare about you looking for the perpetrator of all this unpleasantness, but what, you're see, what you see depends on whether or not you're wearing the Bonkers Helm. Uh, turn to 219. We do not have the Bonkers Helm. To the left of the huge furnace stands an easel on which has been placed a scale map of Avalon. Looming over it is just the barest hint of a broad, near-transparent, robed figure. Halt! You cry, drawing EJ with a flourish. Halt, I say! Desist in your evil ways! Bean! The creature exclaims. 
Know you not that I am the Phantom Grunweasel, the um, same um, Phantom Grunweasel um, that um, placed um. the dreaded curse on Avalon and cunningly managed to shift the blame onto that charlatan Kran who wouldn't know a curse from a Sago pudding and who will be blamed for this just the same. Not while I live! You warn it? The Grum Grunweasel giggles. That might not be very long. It says, A prophetic statement. The thing you have to worry about is the fireballs, which the Grunweasel can hurl on a throw of six or better, causing a massive 12 points of damage, irrespective of what the dice show. Whew. The PG's life points stand at 55. Its skin's so tough it'll act as a minus three armor throughout the entire ensuing combat. And since it's nearly invisible, you need to throw a six or better with e oh, even with EJ to hit it. If the Grun Weasel kills you, huh, which can happen even at this late stage of the adventure, go to 14. If you survive, go to... Wait. To lay the curse. Pull the pins out of the map to lay the curse and turn to the section labeled Pip Triumphant. Okay. Um, this is frightening. We do have the orb of maybe win for free that we will save probably for the worst of situations mm. if we are about to literally die are we certain we're about to die i said no i said if we are like literally i'm saying the moment we would okay this if he rolls a six or better we die this time oh right yes yeah all right here we go the grun weasel rolls a two not for initiative sorry i've lost the page we're on uh 219 219 thank you kindly Needs to throw a six or better even with EJ. And it's got a negative three armor. It's got 55 points of life. And it does 12 points if it hits on six or better. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't think statistically we can actually win this fight. It has more health. We have a much harder time hitting it. It does significantly more damage on almost any throw. Yeah, it's just mathematically. We could just... Revs, do you want to use the orb? The horror die. The horror gem, rather. Yes, that's what I meant. Yes. Based off of the roll... Let's play a game. Based off the roll that I just did right now. Based off the two rolls I just did right now. And just those and just those two. Mm-hmm. You want to do it? Sorry, do I have to do something for the horror gem? Or were we no, not I'm saying, do you, off of your rolls? Do you want to base it off my rolls? Do you, the, the, rolls, the two rolls I just did. I want your, your approval. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to say yes, because, okay. uh, I, I do not recall what they were. I didn't say. I got a six, a five, and then I rolled a third one out of curiosity for three. So we won it two times over if we want to toss it. We actually, I, we have plot armor, or at least I have plot armor. You got a two and a I legitimately six, think we have to, because six, I cannot see two, any other version of this five, that doesn't result in us, five. uh, definitely dying. Six. Not definitely, but there's like 5% chance to win-ish. Six. Like ballpark. Six. What's going on? Two. I'm rolling- Lock in the six. Two. I'm, yeah, I'm rolling twos or sixes only. Well, and fives. All right. So we throw our orb of kill immediately because this mathematically cannot be won by us. And looking over at the bonkers helm, the only thing that happens is we can hit on a four, which makes a difference, but not really. Uh, oh, uh, also the Bonkers Helm would absorb half of the damage from the enemy. Oh, okay, okay, well. Which 
yeah, I mean, if they only yeah. do three damage, yeah, I think we would have been much finer in that combat. They do six damage, but yeah. But like... Oh, yeah, sorry, I double halved it. <laughs> yeah. Either way, we're going to Pip Triumphant, baby, because we cheesed it, as has become quite necessary as we get further in the books. Uh, it was exactly what you said, though. When we picked up the uh, the horror gem, we only used that in the situation where we would otherwise guaranteed die. Yeah. And we found that situation, and then we used it. That's the, how the game goes. The thing is, and it's not like... It's not sitting here like, oh my god, you used the instant kill thing in the Grail Quest book? I think most of the time the instant kill things are supposed to be used on the final boss. That's like, your goal is to traverse the book to find the instant kill thing or the one thing that strictly uh, counters the boss, like apparently this bonkers helmet. Uh, mm -hmm. And you're supposed to win that way. That's kind of like usually how you're supposed to win, it feels like. Like we had the dagger that instant killed that mummy. Or we have saved all of our spells up to kill Anselm. Like, I, I think that's just mm -hmm. kind of the thing. It's like, what is going to be the thing? What's the MacGuffin? You know, like, it's like, ah, aha, we're taking it. But uh, before we move to the, the story conclusion, though, uh, speaking of MacGuffins, I would really like oh, to check yes. out what the green stone would do if we ever rubbed it. Sure. Do we run it in like a alternate reality? This doesn't happen, but we check it sure yeah all right what page is that uh 12 a flash of light so brilliant that it blinds you a puff of smoke so acrid that it chokes you a crash of thunder so loud that it deafens you a surge of energy so strong it leaves you speechless all for a second you're right in a mess of short time deaf dumb blind and choking but fortunately, the light fades, the smoke clears, the noise stops, the energy forms into an 18-foot-long scaly green creature breathing down fire out of its nose. For an adventure, your experience can only be one thing, an alchemical green dragon. Careful, Pip, this brute will have your throat out as quickly as it looks at you. Green dragons have 40 life points, very bad breath, which does 10 points of damage on any successful hit. They also have an interesting bit of magic that allows them to unthrow up 12 to transmute you into solid gold, instantly killing you. The point about this particular green dragon is that you can call upon it three times in all. This time being one of them. If you're lucky, it'll fight on your behalf during a battle each time you call it, but you have to be lucky. Roll a die, make a note of your score, roll again, and if you fail to roll higher the second time than the first, it'll attack you right now and fight to the death. If you manage to roll higher the second time, then you can set it on anything that happens to be hassling you right now. Interesting. Mm. So th that would have been another possible out of the boss because it, yep. it has another instant kill. In my Grail quest, an instant kill? Heavens. Um, say it's not so. Say it's not so. It's an instant kill one way or another, baby. Pip triumphant, though. Down to the bots we go. The sun rose clean and clear over the rolling hills of Avalon. The first bright rays crept across the land, insinuating themselves into a darker nooks and crannies, stealing over parched fields, illuminating farms and cottages, spotlighting the great battered castle Camelot on the summit of Cadbury Hill, and finally stretching over a long finger into the window of a massive barrel nestled like a giant's plaything in the valley below. Merlin's eyes opened. He's been sleeping in his long johns. All nightshirts having rotted. In the bunk beneath the window, he rose at once, being by nature an early bird, and out of force of habit chanted the ancient druid spell which summoned him a newly laundered robe. And though the robe appeared... Merlin stared at it foolishly. None of his magic had worked properly. 
if at all, since the curse was laid on Avalon, and he'd not been a creature of habit, he would have been bothered with the fresh with the clothing spell at all, yet there was a robe, fresh and white, with its mystical symbols glinting mischievously. Cautiously, Merlin opened a window and waved the robe outside. Usually, it took only a moment for the rot to start, but by the time his arm tired, there was not a sign of the familiar mold or fungus. Frowning, Merlin pulled the robe over his head and went outside, and the air smelled fresh. Glancing upwards at the towering edifice of Camelot Castle on the hilltop, he noticed something odd. The fungus and crustaceans were dissolving, sliding off the hills and into the moat, leaving the towers and battlements as fresh as if they'd been newly washed. Slowly, thoughtfully, Merlin went back inside of his barrel to emerge moments later carrying a staff. He glanced at the castle again, then seemed to make up his mind with more haste than was seemingly possible for a man of his years. He began to climb the hill, using the staff as a walking stick. Meanwhile, in a gloomy corridor of the castle itself, the disillusion of the fungus had released King Arthur and his knights. They watched luck disappear with expressions of profound astonishment, but since they were pragmatists to a man... And to a woman, since Guinevere was there as well. They wasted no time looking for an explanation, but ran up the steps, weapons at the ready in order to face whatever perils the change situation might bring. But there were no perils, the castle was in a very bad state, and there were many skeletons and corpses in its chambers, but nothing threatened, and throughout the building, there were many others that had survived as well. Trapped like the royal couple and their knights in the magical fungus which has preserved life as well as making it a monumental misery. Arthur looked took immediate charge, as was his way, organizing work parties to get the place cleaned up, inspection parties to ascertain the extent of the damage, guard parties to man the walls, cook parties to prepare the food, and so on in a hive of activity that rivaled the preparations for a royal wedding. When the fundamentals were underway, the king repaired the council chamber in the North Tower. The one that housed the table round. And called a meeting of the knights to discuss the situation. It had only convened when a messenger reported the wizard Merlin was at the outer gate. Admit him at once, ordered the king, but the messenger looked uncomfortable. He won't come in. He says, uh, begging your pardon, sire, but I'm only repeating what he said. He says you and the knights of the table round should come out and go off with him to Glastonbury Tour. To where? Found the king. The tour, confirmed the messenger. That big haunted hump over by- Yes, yes, said the king brusquely. I know the tour. He frowned. Why on earth would Merlin... Yet he trusted the old wizard, weird though his habits may be, and decided without too much hesitation to humor him on this occasion. Thus it was the company of knights of the Avalon headed by their king and queen. For Guinevere insisted on coming to keep the men out of mischief. Rode out from Camelot through the countryside that was already turning green to the mysterious tour which had dominated the landscape around Glastonbury for more years than anybody cared to remember. Merlin, who disliked horses, walked beside the king, levitating occasionally in order to keep up and refusing to answer questions until they'd reached the marsh around the tour. Brave comrades, called Sir Lancelot. Noble sire, you must permit me to ride ahead so that in order I may risk my life in combats with the guardian worm which is known to bar passage to travelers of these parts. Oh, no need, growled Merlin, adding pompous ass under his breath the worm's already been killed we'll have no trouble here killed echoed king pelinor it would take an entire army to put down that brute or an exceptional adventurer murmured merlin 
And at that point, light suddenly dawned, not on the king's knights, of course, or even the king, but on or but on fair Queen Guinevere, who often appeared more intelligent than the whole company of the table round put together. You mean Pip, wise Merlin? She asked. I do indeed, Merlin nodded. Look around you! Has not the curse been lifted? And is there any offer, other, rather, in this land with enough skill, courage, speed, strength, intelligence, and handsome face to tackle a job like that? Well, I don't know, Sir Lancelot began, but Merlin cut him short. No, of course there isn't. Only Pip could have done it. He pointed dramatically. Only uh, that brave person there. They followed his gesture with their eyes. A tiny figure could have just made out walking down the spiral path, sword glinting in the sun. Oh, no, no, no. That's never Pip, said Sir Lancelot, squinting. But he was talking to himself. King Arthur at their head. The remaining knights were galloping forward to give this hero a deserved reception. ba 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 We did we it! did it. And honestly... In decent time for a Grail yeah, quest, Yeah, record think. time for this series. Well, yeah, maybe. Wait, I don't even remember. The first book was long, but not crazy long. Uh, but yeah, relatively compact, skipping lots of little, uh, you know, stuff here and there. But I think that that's fine. I, I like when that's an option and it's not just do every page or else you can't mm-hmm. succeed. Because then it's like, well, why isn't it just a book then? You know, mm-hmm. in, in in that in that setting. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, you said the reviews were like pretty hard on this one. I if it if it wasn't for like the couple mistranslated things that even could be like a scan issue, you know, in a way like, it could. It could well be. A so scan like, issue, that, yeah. like that could the, be a scan issue and not the book itself. The the entrance to Tor, the 189, etc. I will say, like, the entrance to Tor, like, specifically invoking that you said the magic word, did mean that in two different instances where we were directed to that page, we thought we weren't meant to be there, despite the fact that in the future it proved we should have. Yeah. The only other thing that seems kind of, like, a a little bit disjointed uh, is is the entire exploration of the dungeon uh, in order to just relent and take a random pill that you found in a sack. Yeah, yeah, but I think that, that we could have also looked at that like we, I, f- first of all, if we let the person out of the Iron Maiden, maybe we would know mm. something more, maybe. maybe, but seeing as like that was kind of the treasure of that room that was really far deep in there, maybe we could have assumed quicker that it was probably going to be important, but I don't think it's great to teach kids to just take random pills that you find but hey maybe that's just <laughs> no, me. No, 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 this was this was a little white pill so it was probably fine it's true it's probably fine all the bad ones are like off yellow or whatever that's true they're pink they have little they have like a teddy bear on them or something um, yeah, it's it's always something it's a teddy bear it's a rabbit it's a little four-leaf clover yeah it's something crazy uh but yeah i don't know i didn't i I kind of like thematically I liked this one. I felt it was good. I could do without the um like and then you enter a new hallway 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 and then you enter a new hallway. I didn't like that part of course. Yeah. Not very it, flavorful. It feels like the either. series 
Yeah, it feels like the series is a little... I will use the word obsessed here uh, lightly, uh, but a little obsessed with, haha, look at this confusing area. Isn't it confusing? Yeah, it is. I'm confused. Stop confusing me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I am confused. You're right. I am going to spend 30 minutes in just deciding if I want to go west, north, east, south, until I get something that actually is is interesting. You're right. You are right. You got mm -hmm. me there. You got me there. But uh, it was not that like percentage wise, it was not actually that big of the book. It probably just felt like more felt like a, a big chunk. But percentage wise, mm -hmm. it probably wasn't that bad really. Uh, but like flavor I liked a lot of stuff. I, I don't know. I thought it was still yes. I thought it was still good. Like one one of one of my favorite kind of like horror tropes, insofar as this kind of counts as a trope less than like a setting, uh, is is the overgrown fungus of it all. Is, is yeah. the creeping corruption that comes over an area that you already understand otherwise? The you know the tentacle around the spire that has an eye on the side, and you're like, oh, I know the spire, but tentacle? What? <laughs> like that's. Yeah. Mm, it, it, it lives within my veins. As soon as it started to describe that being the landscape we were in, I was overjoyed. Yeah. I like it when it feels like nature has won over buildings. It's just a fun, yeah, it's exactly. a fun aesthetic to me. But anyway, Gaia, let's, uh, I mean, I don't want to, I was going to say, let's reclaim this episode, but it's, I, when was it ever unre, un, I don't know. Trying to segue. Sue me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Any other thoughts on the book itself before we move on to our wrapping it up? Uh, only that it seems like the book uh, had made some accountances for previous weaknesses along the Grail Quest series. Like the one that immediately comes to mind being 14, not even saying go back to the side of the adventure, blah, blah, blah. Saying, yeah. hey, save state to the location that you're in. So it really feels like the series has started to develop. Uh, over the course of that time as well another example being the inventory system just straight yeah. up being given to you at the front Thank as well God. like it felt yeah. like they tried to develop past that and then realized oh nope wrong way let's go back yeah yeah there's like a little bit of this a little bit of that but i mean hey i uh all in all i've been more frustrated by grail quest moments in the past i mm -hmm. than this one like you were mentioning some people thought the last book was the peak um and I don't know. I don't know. I feel like this is relatively. I I, I really like the city part at the end, of the last book. I like. I really really like that. Uh, yeah, that was the, that was the, a really the, good the blagon the blagon blog section. I could the black really, wards the blog wards. I could really like that holds the book up really highly in a way that like I don't know nothing else from the book particularly I thought was better. I thought that the dice house mechanic was probably my least favorite mechanic in the any of the books so far. Uh, so I'd put this it's like, also very interestingly flavorful. It was very interestingly flavorful. I just didn't. Yeah, mechanically it was, it was uh, had some weirdness to it. Like knowing the feeling of knowing where the keys to your locks are, but it's behind die a, a successful die roll is frustrating. Having mm. the having it feel like it's a required thing. And it's this is just like a this is just a like a game design mental uh, gymnastics kind of a thing where it's like in the sense because you could say well but then why would you also be comfortable with rolling the uh, pop yourself in the dome one so many times because that's not necessary that's that is a a calculated risk that we want to take 
Yeah, and exactly. That really randomness does not lie on the critical path of our story. Whereas yeah. uh, having to go for the keys to the thing ahead does. I think, uh, and in the weeks since, I thought, like, there is an alternative to the previous uh, Pip House that I really would have enjoyed, which would have been, yes, it has all of those same options on it. So it's it's like a desperation option more than anything else. Like, it's a, a tough dream time that you can bring things back from. But there are other sources in the world where you can also go to loot rooms that and I'd find like. similar things. Yeah, the Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds of It All. That's kind of a thing that that mm. game does. Uh, you can you can rent bad versions of every item that you need to successfully beat dungeons with, or you can just mm-hmm. go and get them. Um, great game. Anyways. Uh, yeah, alas, I guess that's, uh, bring us to the wrap it up moment. Uh, so why don't you wrap it up and say who our sponsor is for today? Our, not sponsor. Oh, our sponsor for this episode is something scary, TM. It's, yeah, I was gonna say Squarespace. I didn't mean, I shouldn't say the word sponsor on a podcast when I mean supporter. (laughs) There's completely different connotation. Thank you, Something Scary, for sponsoring this episode. And if you would like to get a subscription to Something Scary, you can, of course, uh, go to www.com scary slash Rito and Raps. Remember to enter Rito and Raps at the end checkout so they know we sent you. Yeah. Thank you, of course, get- Something Scary, for supporting the Patreon over at patreon.com slash turn to page cast. Subscribe with, uh, with code uh, north and east. To get a free box of the something scary box right in your mail every every month, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, honestly, something scary box. You know what? Something scary. Take that idea. Something scary box. You just—it's an easy one too. You just put literally something scary in a box and send it to somebody every mm-hmm. month. People do it. They'd be like, "Oh my god, what am I? Gonna, ooh, is this just a normal Amazon business. package or is this scary?" I ran a business like that for a really brief period of time, but as it turns out, the authorities don't like it when you send anthrax consistently, so... Yeah, that's, they might do that. That might get What's the matter, too spooky for you? Yeah. Take a joke, why don't you? <laughs> just, just take it to the grave, just why don't you? Just saying that directly down at a corpse. <laughs> oh, dramatic. Bleh. Dying. Come on. It's a joke. Get a grip. Get a grip. It's a joke. Live a little. Oh. <laughs> Can't anybody take a joke these days? <laughs> it's always how those wow. Oh <laughs> man. Anyways. Grail Quest, if you want to help support the series in a free way. Well, first of all, the Patreon is patreon.com slash turn to page cast. If you want to help uh sponsor a video in which we will maybe uh do a a super funny riff on your name like we just did <laughs> you can get that by supporting over on patreon at the hardcover tier or higher uh otherwise you can also support for free just by like subscribing on youtube is probably the easiest place to think about uh, doing that subscribing on youtube liking the videos commenting on, on on the videos those are like great free things you can do to help it uh, as well and you can also just join a conversation it's going to be over there as well uh in the comments section as a net podcast it's kind of like hard to get a neb- like it's so nebulous it's hard to get a firm place to communicate about it i think that's probably the best place is the youtube comments uh but alas alas that's that it's gonna do it here for today for grail quest book six we got two left at this point we're on our way out 
Oh, boy. But thank you, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Adios.